Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 26 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have my good friend Adam Crosley join me. Adam is a local mortgage uh, lender and um, owns his own branch up here in Plattsburgh. Um, he's actually been a big um, business mentor for me over the last seven or eight years. He's really, I, I would say, my true uh, first ever connection in the business world up here, and we've uh, we've had, you know, we've been able to keep and establish a great relationship over the last handful of years and uh, he's really allowed me to grow my business and we've uh, we kind of spitballed some uh, of our business uh, philosophies and you know and really kind of went deep on some stuff that you know that's kind of a you know a typical thing with me and him so um, and we also touched on a few uh, more lighthearted matters so I hope you guys enjoy episode 26 with my good friend Adam Crosley. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 26 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, today, we are joined by a very good friend of mine who I've known for almost a decade now. Um, he's, he's been a, a good personal friend to me as well as, I, I would say, a, a good business mentor. Um, and he's an interesting cat. And I'm sure most of you have probably heard of him, uh, maybe have met him. Uh, but if not, there's probably a lot you don't know about him. So he's got some good stories. So I'm, I'm happy to have... My good buddy Adam Crosley in studio today. So, Adam, welcome to your first ever podcast. Yeah, it's my first ever podcast. I uh, really appreciate you inviting me out for this, man. It's uh, pretty neat. So, happy to be here. Cool. So, uh, before before we got on, um, we, we actually were going to start a while ago, and then um, as things would have it, typical typical life happens. Then we tried to we're sipping wine today, which usually is reserved for. Um, our good friend Meg Whedon, she's our wino on the on the show. But we have, um, as Adam was trying to, I guess, <laughs> pop the cork, or we, we didn't have a corkscrew, so we were improvising, and he he somehow managed to pop the wine bottle. So I think every inch of the office has been covered, and we just noticed that actually hit the ceiling, and there's like a there's like 15 foot ceilings in here. Yeah, and and on the back wall, it literally looks. I think someone's gonna come in here and think there was a murder here because there's like wine droplets coming down the wall and it looks like blood splatter so but it's fine we got majority of it in the glass which is ultimately what we wanted so um so we're good so what i want adam to do for people that do not know him is he's going to give you his background kind of how we got to 2019 adam crosley and then we'll just jump into all things um i guess like i said i think our we've had some good conversations through the years so i'm sure we'll touch on some stuff so so tell people who you are cool i'm adam crosley um I uh, came to Plattsburgh uh, for college, uh, born in Syracuse, uh, grew up uh, in Colton, uh, South Colton, just south of Potsdam, and uh, came here to college, uh, did that victory lap uh, five years, and um, went up to Alaska for a few years, and uh, had a good time up there, ran dog sleds, um, lots of awesome stories about that, and then came back here uh, in 2008, and it was right after the crash, got a job with uh, Yellow Book. And, um, 
it didn't work out. It was right after the crash. Uh, Yellow Book let go of all of the employees that they hired within the last six months. They had a uh, decreasing compensation structure, whereas it was uh, a salary up front. And then as you built your residuals, it, it left. So the newest people in the business were costing them the most and producing the least. Um, that's how I met Benner and a bunch of other people yep. too. Um, but uh, yeah, um, but you know, I had just moved back from Alaska. I actually turned down a job in Mexico running Jeep tours through the jungle to, to do yellow book. And, uh, so yeah, uh, it was, it was interesting. I was kind of floating around in life. And, uh, when I was up in Alaska, I was reading like Robert Kiyosaki and I was actually going to become a realtor. Um, and I don't know if I ever told you this, but, um, in Clinton County, there was like 300 realtors at the time. And there was like 15 mortgage guys. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, just because it was a mortgage crash doesn't mean people aren't going to start paying cash for houses. So, you know, half the realtors got out, but half the lenders did too. And I was like, you know, how many, I, I don't know anything about the mortgage side, but let me get in and learn. So, um, I found a mentor, learned a business and here we are 10 years, 11 years later. How long you been in uh, mortgages now? Fall of, uh, 2008, a couple months after so the crash. Mad, so, so just, just I'm working 11 on 11 years. years yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I think we we met. I, I started in January of 2011. We met through Nick. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Okay, so that's right. N- Nick is uh, went to high school with Nick, and he was actually one of my best friends uh, growing up. And met you and co- he met you in college. Yeah, we were in the same fraternity. Okay, and uh, he was actually supposed to be on this a couple weeks back with two other buddies, which oh, would have been, cool. been a blast. All high school guys, <laughs> and uh, we we ended up. I think I was the one who actually had to cancel. I had to, I had the uh, the little guy for the day. So, oh. but uh, we'll end up getting him on on the show. But yeah, so. I don't. I, I met through. You were already in the business, and I was in the business, mm-hmm. real estate and mortgages. So, if it, people that don't know, how, why do why are me and Adam? I guess kind of like not coworkers, but we work directly with each other in a lot because I help people find homes. He helps people get money to buy the homes. So we we very we very much have a, a, a reliant relationship. relationship. Yeah, I mean, two different industries, but very one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were both in the business. You mortgages me real estate, and I think I met you probably to be honest, probably not even my first year because I did nothing my first year. I did a few <laughs> deals, but I, I didn't know anybody. I I couldn't even tell you. I had two buyers. I don't even know what banks they used. To be honest, yeah. I couldn't. I don't remember. Um, but I think I met you early 2012. It was probably mid 2012. I think we started started basically meeting probably biweekly, and I think yeah. we've probably. Have done that since eight years yeah, I would say and i think like we're that. pretty consistent on that every yeah. once in a while we'll, we'll miss yes. but it, we're i'd say at least twice a twice a month we're getting breakfast together or coffee or something mm-hmm. like that and we've we've been doing that for as long as i can remember and yeah. um so that but i mean that's really helped shape both of our businesses i think yeah i, I still i still uh i i still remember very early on the fire um, pit the fire pit that we'll, we'll, we'll bring up actually we'll talk about the fire pit I, so where, where i grew up um in chazy there was a you know basically I, my parents house and uh you ended up um purchasing a house pretty much in their backyard yeah across, the, across the tracks across the tracks yeah. and uh actually it's funny is uh, okay so we ended up um this was pretty early on probably 2000 yeah, i bought that 12, house in 2011 13? yeah so yeah, so it was early, so maybe 2000. It was probably our first year. We were we were kind of friends, and I remember going to your house. We had a bonfire outside. 
We, I think we went into it was just a little campfire. I wasn't bothered. A little camp, a little camp. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I should, I should say the guy I'm talking to is Mr. Pyro himself. So, but it, so it was, it was what we would call a bonfire. What Adam calls basically just a mini little, you know, something that you could put out easy. Um, so I remember going in the wood shop. I think we had, a, I think we had a couple cigars that night, Probably, and yeah. I think we had three to four bottles of wine. Yeah. And, we had a couple of bottles. Of and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when we each carry bottles off. I, I don't, it, the next day was not nice, but we, we were out there to oh, two. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was, I was like wine hungover for like a week. It was bad. Yeah. And, and I remember, I remember walking home. It was funny as people that have, have their house on the market right now or right behind there. Over on Bank Street. Yeah. yeah. And I walked through their yard, of course, I grew up there, so I knew that this, they were not the same owners that were there my whole mm-hmm. childhood. Cut through their yard, cut to my parents' house, and I just literally told them the story about three weeks ago when we listened. I said, actually, <laughs> probably the first year you guys lived here, I stumbled through your drive or your lawn about 2 a.m. Um, here I am selling your place. I, exactly. And uh, so... Not full, a great full, way to uh, pick up there. listings. Yeah. Well, good, good thing at the time, I, nobody knew who I was then. <laughs> so it was like, they didn't know I was even in real estate, which was good. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a... That was a rough night but um we've we've had that was our our worst um that was probably one of the times we when we really first connected as friends i would think yeah yeah and uh yeah no i think and and we've we've had a lot of good conversation conversations since a lot of deep conversations more than just like you know kind of just talking about random stuff we've i would say from a mentor standpoint um i have a couple what i consider business mentors and even though you're a few years ahead of me i think that you know i've always considered you one of my business mentors even from a young i mean i say from a young age but you were always a couple years ahead of me so mm-hmm. it was always kind of and you were always a very good i think the biggest thing that if people don't know you very well is that and i've tried to implement this over the last few years is just being what i call a doer but like an executor mm-hmm. where you know and i think you're better than almost anybody i've ever seen in the sense that you come up with a plan and you just execute on it you don't overthink it you don't I think you put things in play very fast. If it doesn't yeah. work out, whatever, it's a little speed bump, but then you just kind of, I think, get, get kind of bumped back onto the back onto the path and then keep going. So I appreciate that. Um, what's what's your? I'm assuming you're you're pretty. That's something that you you consciously do, but like kind of go into that a little bit of your how you've been able to implement fairly fast. I would say at this point, you know, you're very well known in the community. You're very well in the real estate space. You're extremely well known. Um, and you've built a company up from, I, I like to say, when I remember when you were sitting on a, on a I think a paint can <laughs> in one of your old offices to what, what you have now, where you built, you know, a, a yeah, great Wells, team around you. So. We left Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo literally came up. The secretary from the, the branch manager was down in Saratoga. And uh, she's like, I Matt's pissed. I've never seen him this angry. And he showed up with a sheriff and a locksmith and said you had 15 minutes to get out. And we had an, uh, an office, uh, my little partner and I, at the end of later that day. And we were literally sitting on paint cans for like the first week. And it was, um, yeah, so it, it's, uh, I, I keep that picture. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely there. But um, as far as the implementing thing, you know, I mean, I, I just, I'm a student, you know, I mean, I'm a student of business. I'm a student of my craft. And, um, you know, I always want to chase other people. Uh, it used to be people locally. Now it's people nationally and really seeing what they're doing in their business and trying to implement it and emulate what they're doing. But, um, there was this Brian Tracy. It was probably like one of the, the best blessings in my life. There was this Brian Tracy seminar. Um, when I was broke just after college, I, uh, 
Audible had first come out and you know how they give you like that one free book. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had gone into Audible and it was, um, so I was like, okay, personal development, I did a search for that. And then I did a search for the longest pod, longest uh, book. And uh, this get was like- money's a, worth. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, if I'm not spending anything, I wanted to get my money's worth, right? Because um, I'm broke and I can't even afford this thing of six bucks a month or whatever it was. Um, and uh, it was a Brian Tracy. And do you know who Brian Tracy yeah. is? Was um, he Eat That Frog? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, he was like, he was like, just after Jim Rohn, like the beginning of Tony Robbins, you know, like now there's all these other guys out, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the ninety late eighties, early nineties, he was awesome. And he gave this podcast or you know what I call it a podcast. It was a seminar. It's like a weekend long seminar. It was like 12 hours. And I must've listened to that thing a hundred times. But one of the things he said in there was fire ready, set aim. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is that most people don't jump, mm -hmm. you know, they want a perfect plan. And, you know, we, you know, we all want things to be perfect to, to give us confidence to do things, but, I think if you just jump and um, you just jump and then you fight, you know, you fire and then you course correct after you do it. You know, I mean, Elon Musk has a quote, you know, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a skyscraper and building a plane on the way down. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what it is. It's just just do it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah, you might be embarrassed. Yeah, you might, you know, you might make a fool out of yourself. And I fly by the seat of my pants and I think that, you know, being a rebel as a child kind of helped with that, you know, but, uh, whatever, it's fun. Yeah. I think, I, I, yeah, flying by the seat of your pants, I think is good. Cause we've, we've talked about a lot of things and, uh, you're just kind of one of those guys, I think in a lot of stuff, you know, helping me build my shed and whatever else. It's just like, <laughs> we're just going to do it. Like, I, I don't know. Like I'm asking, like, what's this and that. And, um, I, I've, I've gotten over the last few years, a little more, kind of that right I implement stuff faster than really try to overthink it mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still like I plan with some like strategic ideas behind it meaning it's not just like completely I'm not just jumping in completely unknown like I have some kind of um, background or some type something where I've strategized a little bit but I don't over overthink the small details and I really don't overthink the is it good or not good mm -hmm. I put it out I'm big on putting it out and People will tell me if it's good or not, or I'll get a feel for like, hey, it's just not resonating with people. I'm just going to scrap that idea and I'm going to move on and, and try to do something different. And podcast is one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the thing that really sets you apart though, Galen, is that you're consistent. You're consistent mm -hmm. like, and like beyond belief. I mean, that's one of the things where I lack, like I'll, I'll do something and I'll jump and I'll do it right for three or four months, but then I get sidetracked with something else and I stop. Mm -hmm. And the consistency that you bring to the table in every single thing you do, you crush it in that regard. And that's one of the things that I've always, you know, I, I get out of our conversations because I, I see you doing the same thing week in and week out. And, you know, it's about doing the, um, you know, the, the unremarkable consistently and awesome. And, you know, and that really, I think has helped your business just phenomenally grow. Yeah, I I, um, I call it the snowball effect, which now yeah. I actually have a book. I think Warren Buffett has a book called Snowball, but mm -hmm. I don't, I've never read the book, so I, I'm not plagiarizing that, but I call it just the snowball effect in the sense that to build a snowball, it starts off small, mm -hmm. and then as you build, it grows exponentially. Um, and I kind of take about, you know, 2011, I would go to the office, I would sit on floor time, I would... Like every other realtor does. Yeah, I would bring... A, I would bring the paper with me. Mm -hmm. I would pull up my contact manager. I would go through the two or three calls I had to make that day. And I would be lucky if I talked to one of them because I'm leaving messages for probably two to three of them. And maybe I get one on the phone. That's like a good day to talk to one person. 
then I would sit there and I would do the crossword and I would read the cartoon. I would like I, I didn't do anything because I didn't yeah. want I didn't know what I was doing. I was young. I was twenty one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I started picking up steam, the prospecting aspect of it, and over the last few years, it's, I mean, you were the one that introduced me to the greatness tracker that I've been using consistently. And the funny thing is, I have every single one from the first one you gave me stacked up and I'm bound and clipped together from every single one I've done probably. 2015, I think you might have given me that. 2014, <laughs> 15, and I've done it every single week since. I don't send them to you as much as anymore, no. but it's to the point where I have a hard time even keeping up and filling it out because you talk like a hundred or sixty talk tos or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like well over a hundred. I'm, I'm done by Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you talk about appointments. Like mm-hmm. there was a day when I. Um, I was starting, my dad always told me, if you can get one appointment a day, shoot for one appointment a day. Like mm-hmm. You'll be a good realtor if you can do one appointment a day. You'd be a great realtor if you do 10. Well, <laughs> well I, I don't, have enough, I don't know, I have enough time in the day to do 10 mm-hmm. just with showings and travel and stuff. No, but, but to be honest, um, I'm probably averaging four to five appointments a day. Dude, that's and, fantastic. And the thing is, it's, it's, uh, it was funny because I, I was like, I'll, like, I mean, if you crush 20 appointments a week, I mean, if you can, if you can sit with 20 families a week, you know, you just, you you can't not fail. I mean, even if your conversion is horrible yeah, because it's it's sales, you know, it's uh, with Glengarry Glenn Ross, you know, the Mm -hmm. the old Alec Ball movie, it's just a numbers game. You know, it's at the end of the day, sales, no matter what sales you're in, it's just the numbers game. And if you can get in front of more people consistently and stay in front of people, you're going to do well. Well, I think the other, the other factor as I've gotten older, um, we talked about it before. When I was starting out, I was 21. I was young. Mm-hmm. I did not know a thing. I looked young, didn't know anything, and I had very limited confidence in the sense because I just I didn't know what I was talking about. Now, I would say 95 to 99% of the time, I'm very confident in what I'm saying to people. The other 5%, I'm just going to say I don't know. I'm going to look mm-hmm. it up or ask somebody I know that knows more than I do on the subject. But you know, from a standpoint of when you talked about like a number game back then when I was dealing with what I call, we call them like warm leads. They're not like, they're not cold leads, but Mm -hmm. they're not, they're not like great referrals and stuff. Now I've gotten to the point where I'm starting to get more referrals. I'm starting to get repeat clients. I'm starting to get friends that are starting to um, buy and sell. And so I'm found my conversion is better, but it's better because I'm dealing with better leads or, or clients at the start. I'm not trying because I'm, I'm coming from a point where I, this is a lot of my social media presence and this podcast and my videos, my Instagram and all that stuff. I've gotten to the point where people now can look at me as more of an expert as, mm-hmm. hey, he knows what he's talking about. We trust him um, or my friend tr- referred me to him. And now I'm getting people that are, are reaching out to me consistently every week. I'm getting people through Instagram, through Facebook, through whatever that are reaching out to me to help them with homes. And that's mm-hmm. what I've always strive to get mm-hmm. now it's to the point where it's starting to pick up steam which is good because i want it basically to now you know the other agents in the office to get the overflow that i just can't handle which is ultimately what my goal has always been yeah but i'm slowly starting to see that and it's cool because you talked about i mean i've been doing the same stuff for nine years well but you know and, and i you know and we're talking real estate here it doesn't apply to every industry but um, you know, I mean, you say you make so many calls, you know, and that's the thing that, you know, one of the things that I've learned that, you know, we've talked a lot about during our meetings is, you know, it's, it's one thing to do a transaction. 
It's one thing to do a transaction and follow up and follow up and follow up and not just call to call, but call because you care, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I think when the customer realizes that you actually care you know, that you really give a shit about them. Like, can I, can I swear? Is it, is oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You <laughs> you're actually kind of late in the podcast. I swear. You're, yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. But like, but you actually care about them and you're real with them that, um, that they trust you because people do business ultimately with who they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And they know you, they like you, you're a likable guy, mm-hmm. uh, but they have to trust you. And, and how do you build trust? Well, trust isn't something that you just earn, you know, right away. It's something you earn over time. And, mm-hmm. You lose easily, but you can, you know, I mean, it's, it's not hard to lose trust. It's hard to gain trust. And by building that and becoming that, you know, uh, the, the savant in that space, you know, the, the master of that space locally, it's easy for people to refer you, you know, and I've, and I've just seen your snowball grow and grow and it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, it's like compound interest. It's a compound effect. Yeah. And, and I get to kind of go into that with, with you because I mean, you've been doing it 11 years now. So if, if you don't mind sharing kind of like how, how has your business grown or, or evolved over 11 years? Well, I'm an idiot. I wanted to double my business every year for the first few years. And that was just, you know, for the I did it a couple of times. But then it was like, this is stupid. I can't do this. You know, like one plus one is two, you know, but two plus two is four. And then it just gets to big numbers. And then it's like, you know, so I now I'm at a point where I shoot for 20% growth. Um and last year was the first year I ever went down and made some strategic changes to, to kind of fix that. And we're already up 25%. Um, it's like 23.7 or something like that um, at the end of the last quarter. So um, we're, we're up a lot um, and we're fixing the problems that we had. But a lot of that is going back to the customer. And, and you know, and this is one of the things I got from you is couple days after it called the customer what did we do right what did we do wrong what can we do better mm-hmm. um and and knowing that ultimately at the end of the day the customer is the one that feeds you so take care of them yeah and i mean at the end of the day too the customer is i mean you do it for them i mean mm-hmm. you're, you're you're doing i mean yes you make a living and you it's how you provide for your family and stuff but I mean, you're kind of the same as me. I don't look at any deal from a dollar perspective. I'm very not. I'm not motivated by money. I want it enough to be comfortable, but I don't. I don't sweat losing a deal because I'm losing a commission. I sweat like that person didn't get the house, or they we lost this listing, or, or you know things like that. So I'm, I'm always bigger picture when it comes to the person. Um, but no. So I, what drives you? Like now that you're you know, was a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like, you mm-hmm. know, it's survival and basics and growth. Like what is your, why, why do you show up every day? Um, no, this is something I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I want to ask because my I business have, coach actually, well, it's, it's covered in, uh, it's covered in red wine right now, but I, I, do, <laughs> I do, I do have a, I do have a sheet back, back there. I read a book and it was kind of, kind of a cool thing. It was talked about the four, four W's. And I think it was like your want, your, wall like wall meaning what you're up against your what you want um your why and there was something else whatever it was four w's but it was basically kind of and i'll show it to you after cool check it out but it was uh it's the idea of like what's your why like my 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 two whys when i first got in the business was the first thing was just not to fail meaning like just not to go out of business which is very legitimate like most people in real estate don't survive more than a year or two yeah so i've 
gotten over that hump where I think I'm like comfortable now, like I, I've gotten through that, then it's, okay, how do I provide enough for my family, for my children, you know, things like that, which I'm starting to get to the point where I think this year might be my first year where I'm really not stressing too much about that, which would be nice, meaning mm-hmm. like, I think I'm going to be able to get ahead a little, a little bit more this year um, in that regard. Um, it hasn't been, I mean, we've always been comfortable, but it's like they have like hopefully some money to do some other things or pay down yeah. some stuff and th- things like that where I'm kind of leveraging or, or, or separating myself a little bit. I think my biggest thing, the thing that gets me going every single day is just it's a, fa- it's a, it's a failure of it's a failure of not reaching my full potential. And the way I kind of look at that is like when I first got in the business, I really didn't care. But as I've gotten better and I've gotten, I've learned more and I've gotten more comfortable in the industry, I, not the sound, I've, I've told people this, not to be cocky or anything, but I'm very confident in myself, meaning I know, yeah. I, I know, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I know I can help anybody around here with real estate. Like I just, I've got a confidence level in myself that I know I'm not like. Would you what, bring that humbleness to the table? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I don't. I don't say that from a perspective where I'm, I'm, I'm sounding like too much bravado, and I'm really this great person. Like I, I know from a standpoint of, and again, I, I think I've earned it because I've been mm-hmm. in the business for yeah. it's my ninth year now, where I've gone through ups and downs. I've gone through the buyer's market. Now we're into the seller's market. Like I've gone through the goods and the bads, and I've seen a lot of stuff, and I'm, I will see more as I go along. But I've gotten to the point where. I'm very confident with whoever I'm helping that I I truly believe I'm the best person to help them out. And I don't, is that right or wrong? I don't know in my brain, in my my true gut, I believe that. So so from one point, I look at not reaching my full potential, which is why I work a lot, why I go up and get up in the morning. And one, I love it. So it's not like people are like, oh, you work 13, 14 hours a day. I, I really do like what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like growing, like I'm really trying to grow the company now. Like I've gotten to the point where like I could settle, and I say settle, but like I'm, I'm doing a lot from an individual agent perspective, which is, be, which will be good. Um, I set a 10 year goal for that, which will expire December 31, 2020, which will be the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm kind of looking at what's my next long-term goal because I set really long-term distant goals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's smaller ones sprinkled in, but like the big ones, like the big ones you're working towards. And what's cool is that this 10-year goal, when I set my this current 10-year goal, um, the new 10-year goal was not even a thought. Now that's something that I think might even be accomplished well before 10 years. Um, but it's not reaching my full potential, meaning I just don't want to like, I know I have a lot to be able to give to people and help people out. And that even goes down to a business perspective where mm-hmm. not necessarily my own individual numbers, but how can I affect other, how can I affect other agents? Like I look at Ellie who, um, she's the first agent that's come on like under my wing kind of thing mm-hmm. that I've ever had a, like I think from, she's going to crush it. Man. Yeah. From day one, like met her, like talked to her about getting the real estate, mm-hmm. took the test, shadowing business. and uh, But she she thinks real estate. Her current job before she gets into real estate, it's not bartending. It's real estate. You know, she's already yes. doing real estate, yeah. not in the same capacity, not mm-hmm. not real estate sales, yeah. but she's she's learning the business in her daily job. Yeah. And she she's she's one that I'm, I'm real excited about. Like I look at her 
who, if you guys don't know, I mean, obviously, if you listen to the Realty Talk, that's Ellie. Um, we all love Ellie, but she's a phenomenal uh, girl. But I, what I ultimately want is to be able to set a platform up where she can basically rise to the levels that I'm kind of hitting yeah. and duplicate that with multiple people, which I think I, I'm trying to build a culture at the company and, and within the community and with our clients and things like that, that we can replicate that. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it. Like part of not reaching my potential is now not from an individual agent, but how can I not let those people down mm-hmm. as kind of the same with your business? Cause you have a, a team. Like it's not just, it's not just the pretty face of Adam Crosley. There's more to it. Yeah. So no, honestly, my, my girls are like, dude, my girls are absolutely amazing. Like they're, I, I, they're better than I am. Like I, they're so great. And you know, it's like one plus one plus one plus one equals 70, you know, like, um, and it's, you know, as a team, we mesh well together and this is, you know, my team is rolled every couple of years. Um, you know, and I, I had my first hire probably six years ago. Um, and it's not like you where it's an independent contractor that's working for me. These are paid staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, but they're absolutely awesome. And I have failed so much as a leader like I was a horrible leader to start and, you know, and I've started studying leadership and started studying how to be a better manager and how to grow people because, you know, I think in business at first, it's just you trying to do it. And I'm at this point now where like I can pause, I can take a break. I can, I can go develop something else and my team is charging ahead. Mm-hmm. Like it's ingrained in them and we're our whole business. Uh, it's not about me. There, there's nothing, there's nothing about Adam. It's about, it's about our team mm-hmm. and you know what our team is accomplishing. And it's, um, it, it's, it's really kind of cool. I mean, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what that next evolution is. And honestly, one of the things that we're, we're probably going to be hiring this year, um, we've got a couple of key things that are going to be happening this year. I really want to bring on some more loan officers and really try to expand. Um, we're going to be opening up an office, uh, downstate and we're, I really want to expand into to Vermont. Uh, we've been pushing on that door and I think it's actually going to come to fruition this year. Um, and it, so the, our personal business is, uh, as what is, you know, our, we could probably handle about 80%. We could probably handle about 20% more, but, if we start if we start bringing on a few other people and and then I can kind of do what you're doing and start to coach other people and grow other people in other areas to build what we've built, we're going to be crushed because we won't be able to handle the onslaught of business, mm-hmm. which is a great problem to yeah. have. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, but the team flow is, is amazing. And how do you uh, keep developing that and, and seeing what that next level looks like? So I'm really excited to see what that does and how, how it gets there. Yeah. I, I think the, um, a couple things that I've, I mean, again, I've seen you from day one with nobody, you know, till, till now. And I mean, you've, you've gone through, you know, evolutions of the team, you know, mm-hmm. more people, less people, things like that. I think right now you're the leanest you've ever been from a standpoint of you have one, two, what, four, right? Yeah, four staff. Yeah. And I think you guys from, from meaning you guys have four people, but you're the, 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 um, what you're able to push out, you're efficient. You're efficient with four, meaning um, I've seen you with seven and not been as efficient as you are before. Yeah. Um, and, and from a cost perspective. That's I was going to say, with a lot more overhead. and, and uh, it, it's it, But the they're, they're good. The girls are good. They 
Um, but I pour into a man, like I, like we have little contests at the office and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just sent them all down to Charlotte for three days and I paid for everything for them. Um, you know, I went to, there was a, the core had a team training event. So like you can can send your team to go Are they down there right now? No, they're in the office. Oh, they, oh, they already went. Yeah. They went in February. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was cool because right as we switched investors, um, there's a lot of other cross country people at, uh, in the core. And, uh, so they were able to really, you know, talk with a bunch of other people in the business and they've got people in branches, you know, like it was such a good, like, I didn't even like, this was like a side effect. Like they'd met so many other people. They went to dinner with other people like that work for our company to figure out nuances. And like, now they have phone of friends and their own individual departments. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. Well, that's what I think they're all, they're all very, um, they're just kind of go get, Go getter kind of people, but that's um, what I mean. It's like it's it's the the team is pushing forward. It, you know, yeah, like exactly. I, I felt like for a while it was, you know, I mean, like like you can lead with a carrot or you can lead with a stick, you know. And it's and I'm always I, at first I was a stick leader because that's how that's that's what I knew, and I, I wasn't a hard stick leader. But um, but then I switched to the carrot, and you know, I'm just going to lead by example and and just try and trudge forward. And I, I think that the team is just taking that. Now they all run and you know, we're going to need to get more people for them to lead and yeah. kind of build that next layer. So, yeah, I, th- I think, um, w- one of my struggles right now, which we've talked about too, cause, um, is just like bringing on more, not more agents, but just more staff, mm-hmm. which, you know, we, we, we have a position, um, we're, we're switching over a little bit. We have, you know, retire, um, Debbie's retiring, but we have, Nicole's come on who has years of experience in the in the industry and then we're looking at like it's a great hire yeah and, and looking at um Jordan who I wish Jordan I've told her a million times wish she was full-time because she's phenomenal at what she does but it's just my day-to-day stuff like I've, when I when does she graduate next December next no gosh a year from May so May 2020 cool. So I don't know what she'll want to do. She's going for hotel, restaurant, and tourism. That's HRT. my degree's in. Yeah. So I didn't that, know that. I'll yeah. connect to there on that. Yeah. Cool. So she, uh, but she's very good at what she does, but I would, like, I need someone to come on as, not like, I'm very laid back. Like, she's even said, like, she goes, I can wear whatever. I can go, I can work at home. I can work, like, as long as you get your work done, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, but I need somebody where I can send my emails to. I can send texts. I can send a run my schedule, run this. Cause, and I know we kind of joked when originally, cause I'm, I'm always, I'm following in your footsteps, but you're uh, what, about five years different. How I think in age nine. Yeah. So yeah, five years yeah. and you're a few years, um, probably three or four ahead of me business wise. So I always kind of look at you as like, I've, it was funny cause when we talked and you would tell me stuff, I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll get to that level. And then like, I'm hitting the level at the same time mm-hmm. you did. So then it's putting perspective as like, oh crap. So now I got to start looking at this and this. And Well, you're catching up to me. I've been stubbing my toe. You've just been falling out of my wake, Gary. That's it. You're, you're, you're kind of like going through the snow the snow bank with a snow blower for me and, or, and our shovel. And I'm just kind of going with the snow plow and yeah. just kind of cleaning up. So, um, but it's, it's, it's that new, it's like a hire. It's basically how to leverage yeah. my time because I'm getting to the point where I just. Here's the thing. I, I have, a, I, I don't know if anybody else in our community has a paid staff per se, but like for my staff, I mean, I beat my competition because if they're working 40 hours a week, I'm working 200. Mm-hmm. It's not me. It's my team. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's that growth. And, yeah. 
And it's that synergy. And, and I think when there is lots of people and you are starting that, that it does, you do have a loss in productivity. And for a while I thought if I just threw more people at it, it would, I would get better and I would get faster. And it turns yeah. out that doesn't work. You have to actually lead and you have to be a manager and things I never was. I, you know, I managed dogs before I didn't manage people, you know, like, a, <laughs> yeah and what well, i think that's going to be my my bit and i think what you talked about too when hiring is the the idea of like i'm fine with delegating mm-hmm. but it's it's the certain aspects you got to get you got to be willing to let go mm-hmm. of and i am on a lot of things but then when it comes down to like individual clients it's like you don't it's it's almost like i find like an individual client like a very like a glass egg like i don't want to just like toss it to you i want to like I want to hold on to it, so it's not it's not going to break, it's yeah. not going to fall, and and they're not going to get the home they want, or they're not going to sell their home or whatever, because maybe the advice wasn't what I would give, which I think is everybody's common um, fear before hiring is like you know how do I get somebody to be up to my level, which I don't think will ever happen, but if you can get them up to you know what I've always heard is you know roughly eighty percent of what you can do, somebody can do it eighty percent as well as you let them delegate. Yeah, you know I mean, and 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 I, and I think that's the tough because you know. As your business grows, you just can't handle it yourself. Like we we hit a we hit a goal, not a goal. We we hit we broke a, a record last mm-hmm. month. We had ninety five leads come in in one month, and to show every single person you care about them and that you really care about them and you want the best for them, is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. To when you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, you've got forty deals under contract, and you got ninety new ones, mm-hmm. and you need to follow up with five hundred old ones. Mm-hmm. How do you do all that and mm-hmm. fit it in a schedule, and not just treat everybody like a number? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to compete. I, I think in the next ten years in our industry and you know real estate lending, there's going to be a huge rift. There's going to be there's going to be online internet, do it yourself, super super cheap. And there is going to be high level service. I really care about you. Mm-hmm. Let me show you how because I want to help you with the biggest, uh, the, the biggest purchase of your life. And, and I really think there's this rift, and uh, and it's I, I think we're starting to see it already because you know if I'm, you know like Zillow's opening up a real estate company now, mm-hmm. you know like. It, if, if somebody wants to, and like they have like Red Door and different things in the bigger cities, like like they can come in and be their own realtor mm-hmm. and go in and do these things. And if there's a lot of people in our industries that just commoditize what they do, and if you don't give that love, if you don't show the people you care, that you actually really want the best for them, how do you set yourself apart? Mm-hmm. And and I think, I think half or three quarters of our industry is gone in... 2029 Mm -hmm. you know i I think our world is changed by technology so much that we might be replaced in the next 10 years and how do we combat against that and that's kind of that's kind of what i've been thinking about and yeah i i think it's the love because at the end of the day we're all people and and how do you tell that you know you know and, and it's and it's really it's not something that comes natural to me and i'm having to really learn it and yeah i i think from a technology standpoint, I think you're going to see a shift in, in different brokerages. I think different things are going to happen with different brokerages. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't say this just because. I, it's good. my first podcast. You're, you're, good. you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Um, um, I just didn't know if it was important. So the, but one, one of the things is like, from an uh, internet or or technology standpoint, 
I kind of look at, I think from a brokerage standpoint, I think it's not necessarily the name brand companies, Uh the franchises. I think you're going to see a very big decrease in that over the next 10 years is my my thought is because you're going to see either people going as individual agents and doing their own thing, either get the brokers and just like, hey, I'm just going to. I think it's a good way to get rid of the... Because, again, I think people are going to have to get lean in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I think if there's a franchise fee that you got to pay, I think that is is why. I mean, I think the brand recognition... I mean, you've been pumping your brand, like, Mm -hmm. and and you're doing it at an amazing level on a local base. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, you know, because if I'm a buyer and I'm moving from D.C. to Plattsburgh, okay, well, I'm familiar with, Mm -hmm. you know... Uh, Remax or something like that, yep. you know. So, okay, that's the first place I'm going to call, or I'm familiar with a big franchise. Yep. But I, I do think your, I, I do think there's a lot of merit to that, especially in rural areas where we are. Um, you're, we, everybody needs to be lean, mm-hmm. and you know, because that's who you're competing against is the internet, and the and the internet is super lean naturally. So yep. that's what we got to compete against. And I think by getting rid of those franchise fees, it's a it's a great way to to cut that. Well, I mean, one, one of my big pushes, which I kind of find, I, it kind of blows my mind too, that a lot of people know our logo at this point. Uh-huh. That logo, the one that you see with the, the, the shamrock and the K, has been, that came out right before Christmas, like a week before Christmas. That logo was actually like done up where we actually, I think, put it out for the first time into the public. That was less than four months ago. Cool. And I, I was always envisioning it's going to take me – now, granted, it will take more time. Mm-hmm. But the amount of traction I've been able to see in four months has blown, has blown me away. Never in my life would I have thought that we would have had that much brand recognition. But I think what's cool within that is it comes down to people. It comes down to when I, when I give a shirt to somebody, if I give a hat to somebody, if I give stickers to somebody – they put on the back of their phone. They they or the sticker. They put. They wear a shirt. They post on social media. They like. But we're getting people wouldn't wear it if they they didn't care about the. I say the brand, but it's the people behind the brand too, which is what we're able to do at a local level. Because what I always look at, even take take a franchise, take a Century Twenty One, a Coldwell Banker, Remax. Like you, you can, like it's like a Nike hat. I say like if you wear one of those hats. Like, sure, like you're looking, it's like a national type thing. Mm-hmm. If I give someone a Kavanaugh shirt or hat and they're wearing it, they know the people behind the company. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it, they're local people that live here. So, like, our big push has been we don't pay franchise fees. We All the money we make, 100% stays in the community. We're not mm-hmm. shipping out 7% of or 8% of what our company makes to out-of-state people that are running a corporate office. All, you know, so what I find is that it allows us to reinvest more money back in the community, um, which I just think is a benefit for the local um, independent brands. But I think going forward, when you talked about, I do think that agents are more agents are going to go independent, meaning like on their own. They're not going to be franchised or affiliated or just try to do stuff. Like we've seen a few agents over the last couple of years do that. I think we're going to see a few people jump ship um, and do their own. I think the we've changed up the splits for our company dramatically and i spent a lot of time last year doing it well i think you did really good market research to see what it was else was out there because you've got to be competitive i mean again being lean being lean means not paying a corporate office but it also means paying your people more and that's that's my big thing is 
we work really hard because mm-hmm. out of a lot of positions, you guys are the same as us. We don't get paid until the job's done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a home inspector. We're not an appraiser. We're not. Dude, I don't know. get paid till a month after the job's done. Now. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so when people look at that, like people on commission, like we real estate mortgages, we work for free until we do our job. It's not, we don't get paid to show up. Like we show up and we got to actually execute. So when you actually get a home that closes, like people think like once we put a home under contract or we list a house, like I had three deals fall apart this week, three deals. Like it happened, shit happens, you know, but I've gotten to the point now where it's like, it's like a little divot. And like, to be honest, I spent all of 10 seconds worrying about it. And I was, I was on to the next thing. I was just too busy. And it was like, you know, and, yeah, I was able to make up for it, you know, and, and, and but well, it's, if you have that much business, it, you don't, if, if you, if you do enough business and you, you, you prepare in your ratios fallout, mm-hmm. it, it sucks. It always sucks when it yeah. does go sideways. And it's, it, again, it's the clients that it's more, yeah. more so than I, the money's not a big deal to me. Exactly. The client is the part that's like, yeah. you know. Because usually the guys, whoever it is, is going to buy their house or sell their house or whatever. But, you know, I mean, and, you know, deals fall apart for different reasons. But mm-hmm. if you can mitigate those, and I think you've done a great job, you know, seeing what chinks are out there to, to yeah. evade those again. Yeah, my, my the amount of deals that fall apart for me, I think, is is much less than industry average because I've, I hedge against a lot of it early on. Yeah. By setting expectations, by setting, by making sure people are qualified and know all their numbers before making like if you make an offer with me there's you know every single thing that's going to happen mm-hmm. because i don't let you make an offer i literally won't let not let you make an offer until i know that you know what all the numbers because there's people that like yeah i'm like how much money you get to close like what what's your close you know we have everything squared away with the bank well i think we'll be okay i'm like call your bank like we're not like i, I will trust me we'll let them know an offer is should be coming in but know all your numbers first last thing i want someone to do is get in overextend themselves or show up to the closing table and all of a sudden are pulling out savings or pulling out going to a family member to take money out like mm-hmm. and, and i think you guys have always done a good job about that is like hey here's all your numbers up front like there's gonna be no guesswork and to be honest you guys are usually more conservative on your on your estimates because i know a lot of times you get the closing people are like oh it's actually less than what i thought it would be you know and and and, and i agree but I, you know, wouldn't believe you on a business. I like because I and I, I kind of joke. I would rather scare you today before mm-hmm. you sign on the line, which is dotted, mm-hmm. before you have to write a physical check. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I want to. I, when I have a customer, I want to show them the ugliest, worst case scenario up front. My tail is covered, and we're good. And mm-hmm. and they are happier when they get to the closing because they were expecting X and they got Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it was usually it's a ballpark and it's pretty close but i would rather overestimate up front one of the jokes i kind of say with my customers is hey if we can make ugly work we can make anything prettier than that work you know yeah um and it, yeah. and it and it's true you know and i mean i, I think it's just making people people feel comfortable you know and it's well I've, I've tried to do that in my i i'm big on under promising and over delivering yeah it's and, huge and it, it just because i don't one if i set the bar a little bit lower they at least have a guideline to expect. Where the last thing I want to do is promise the world to them and not not yeah. accomplish it. And in our business, there's a lot of things out of my control, you know. And and you know, and I I don't. I'm big on not promising anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. I might have a slam dunk deal, and I might tell you like people, what's my house worth? That's very subjective. I don't know. I mean, I I can give you a range. I can kind of tell you where I want, but there's a lot to factor in between your needs and the buyer. 
I mean, we get to the. I always um, blows my mind is the the Zillow the Zestimate. Like so far, I, my, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite thing. I'll give you two. The it, one is the Zestimate, which everybody, if you know real estate, you go on Zillow. Hey, well, the Zestimate says the home's worth one sixty five, and why are they asking one eighty nine? Mm-hmm. Okay, guess what? It went pending for one eighty nine. Yeah. It's just crazy seller's market right now. The problem is with Zillow, they take out one of the biggest variables in price is human emotion and human situations. Meaning, people have way different situations. Like, Wicked. like you, you, you go to a house. Like, if if Zestimate is correct, if Zestimate is truly correct, go down to Staples, get us get a price tag sign, put it and put it on your front door, and that's what people would pay you. Because yeah. obviously, Zillow says it's worth that, then that's what someone will pay. Not even close. And, and I find we're getting less and less of that. I think I think Zillow has really lost a lot of its gusto when it first came out. Everybody was like, well, that's how much it's worth. We don't need it. And like, it's not. And then the other thing is... Well, they've really overpromised. And and as a company, I think they've <laughs> under-delivered. I mean, I, I think and I think yeah. the general population sees that. And it's, it's very unreliable. You can't build an algorithm that works in Plattsburgh, New York, and Los Angeles. Yeah. And and I've even from a standpoint of the premier agents, mm-hmm. so Zillow has this thing on their website that's called the premier agent, which who basically means who pays the most. <laughs> and we, we were on we were on Zillow a couple years back, and I remember telling my dad because <laughs> I was story. yeah I remember telling my dad this because we we meet and we talk and my dad is um, has been doing this for a long time has been very successful he's um, he was always very much a pioneer in different things that he did yeah and. But at the same token, I kind of come in with fresh eyes and have a very good pulse in the industry and kind of that things are changing a yeah. little bit. And I told him, oh God, at least two years ago, maybe three years ago, I said, we will be at a Zillow in, say it was three years ago. I said, we will be at a Zillow in, within 18 months. And he was like, well, it's so good. We're getting all this. I said, just just look at the what's going to happen. Their, their business model is we are going to bring... Oh, you're going to pay us 500 a month? We'll put you as a premier agent. We'll give you the leads. Oh, next one comes on. We'll do that. If it was truly a premier agent, there should be some type of guideline, even a certain amount of sales, a certain amount of volume, or a certain amount of listings, or whatever you want to put as your criteria to truly be a premier agent. So if people are going on Zillow and getting hooked up with a premier agent, it's somebody that's willing to pay them money. The problem is if you have $500 per month, and that's about right, $500 per month, roughly in that, maybe 600 um, what it what, what basically what it does is anybody that puts in I want more information on this house it automatically goes to one of those agents. Yeah. Now when it started it was fine there was like ten agents on there. Okay, premier agent probably the better agents too. And probably yeah. And actually make some money I can afford to spend some money. Yeah, exactly. And so we were on it and it was fine we had we had leads we you know we were able to call them and convert them and things like that. Well, I remember I told my dad that probably like I said probably three years ago. Within six months of that, or, or six to 12 months, it was about right on, Premier Agent popped up on the side. You can see the agents on there, Premier mm-hmm. Agents. The three agents that they had on there had a combined two years experience, meaning one was a year and two were in their first year, probably the first few months. Mm-hmm. None had sales. I remember I took, a, I took a screenshot of it, and I sent it to my dad, and I said, this right here is why I said a year and a half ago that we would be out of Zillow. Within probably three to six months of that we were out we, we cool. pulled out we don't do any because yeah. what happened was if five hundred dollars a month was giving you th- 
30 to 50 leads, okay, well, what happens when the $500 a month is now being paid by twice as many agents? You're not getting twice as many leads. Mm-hmm. So you've gone from now paying whatever that ends up being. So say $500 for, for 40 leads, now you're paying $500 for 20 leads. So leads aren't any better, they're mm-hmm. the same. And then it's gotten to the point where you're just watering down. Your price per lead was going up exponentially. Yeah. And uh, we've now pulled money out of that smartly, and we've now gone into other things. Now, some people would say, hey, I'm doing well on Zillow. Do whatever makes you happy. I just know the writing on the wall is not there. We've seen it completely. The, the price per lead has gone up substantially. And, and like we've talked about, they're warm leads. They're not, they're not family, friends, referrals. Mm-hmm. I've really switched over, and a lot of this had to do with you. We've we've talked about this for years, and you. I I think of out of people probably in any industry in our area has has excelled at this is the idea of forming relationships and mm-hmm. forming trust and forming, you know, a giver's mentality before you're you're a, a take a, yeah giver over a taker. Meaning you and I find it funny, and I won't name names or companies, but um, a lot of lenders in the area have as i've gotten more successful have come to me and said send us your business basically in Mm -hmm. probably a nicer way of of them whining and dining me but that's basically what it is at the end of the day and i find it's funny that out of all the people that have said that you have never once in my life said send me your business ever (laughs) and guess who guess who i think i send the most business to is you yeah. Um, and the reason being, one, I think you know you're very good at what you do. Your team is second to none. Your communication is second to none. I and and uh, but I think the the funny thing about all that is like you've always come from a mentality of how can I give and make your business better, which I know you've done with a lot of agents and you've helped a lot of agents get better. Mm-hmm. How can I help you guys get better, knowing in return that our success is your success? Absolutely. And uh, and what's cool is like the it's great, a law of reciprocity, dude. Yeah, like and, it's you know. So just, I guess yeah. then speak on that because you you you're better than anybody I've ever seen at this, and, and you've I've seen your business grow over eight years basically into what it is now. And I saw you on a paint can, and now you <laughs> where, where you've been able to grow your business. So kind of touch on on your, your your mindset or your your philosophy on that because you've done it better than anybody I've ever seen. And you know I think it's you you obviously know it's made great strides and made a lot of good relationships but a lot of really genuine relationships where people aren't just going to you because you know you may have a good rate or you may have a product or whatever a lot of them are going to you because of the person you are mm-hmm. so kind of expand on that like how have you been able to do that um, well and, and i think like i think what it does is i mean again it's simple people do business who they know like and trust and if you can like i could send you a deal and that might be a good deal. It might not be, but like, that's like, what's the old, the old adage, you oh, know, yeah. you, you can teach a man to fish or you can, you know, or you can, you can give him a fish or you can teach a man to fish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have one of the things that I learned and, and again, just getting back to being a student, I just want to learn how to be better. Mm-hmm. And I've really tried to teach other people how to be better. Like I had a conversation with my cleaning lady this morning. She said, it was like saying I was scared about growing my business. I was like, so how can I help you grow your business? Why are you scared? You know, like, mm-hmm. and just really de- dove into that. And, and I really think it comes down to just trying to help and trying to help grow others. And, you know, I have spent 
a small fortune in coaching and books and you know i mean it's i pay a i pay a salary for coaching you know like it's mm-hmm. um it's silly but i've learned so much and you know i want to constantly get better i am a constant do it to myself project and mm-hmm. in doing so i want to help other people as much as i possibly can um Cause at the end of the day, I think I've got a lot of issues and I think I got a lot of problems and I try and, you know, I, I want to get better, uh, uh, genuinely. And in doing so, I feel like I can help other people try and conquer their problems. Cause I've, I've stubbed my toe so probably more than most people, you know, like I've like, I've literally just stopped hitting my head against the wall. So it feels good, you know, like, <laughs> and, um, and, but really but just helping and teaching because if we have a deal that went sideways tomorrow, we have built a relationship that that it takes it more from a, a relationship to a situation. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we didn't have a relationship and the deal went sideways, well, we don't have a relationship. That our relationship is done if it's based upon that business. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I have a deep friendship. We have a um, you know, we have, we have, we've had a lot of fun together. We've grown our businesses together. We've done a lot of things together. So like if we had one deal that went sideways and you've even pulled me aside before, like at, at different times, it'd be like, Adam, I love you, bro. But like, you got to fix your crap because you know, like we, you know, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a common theme here, you yeah, know, like, yeah. and, uh, and you know, and I, I, you're a trusted advisor in my world and you know, and I, I've had a few of those and I have people that I can, you know, I, I call them like my, my, my bumpers, you know, like, and yeah. like, um, and when I'm bouncing back and forth, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you're, you, you try and lean hard to the right and you should be going to the left and having those people there to, to really help and teach you. Um, I, 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 I think that helps, but, but just really giving as much as you can. It's the, it's the law of reciprocity. You know, if you give and you give and you pour into others, it'll just naturally come back. If you just give it out and not think about yourself, it'll, it'll come back. Mm -hmm. And that's a struggle that I've had in my whole life because, you know, at the root, I, you know, growing up, I was a really selfish guy. I was really self-centered and really focused. And, um, and I really, it's something that I've had to work on my whole life is, you know, this caring about others and not thinking about myself and really putting others in front of me and, and really being cognizant of that. And, um, so I, I feel like it's my duty to help as many people as I can. And, you know, I mean, you've said a lot of awesome things that I really appreciate it, man. But like, I feel like I, I haven't even scratched the surface. I really want to help so many more people. And, um, I feel like I need to. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like I was saying before, not reaching your full potential. Like that, that's a, I, and I think even though you may have not said this, I think it just comes across in your actions and just how you talk and carry yourself is that you're always trying to improve and get better. And that's, I, I read a lot. I, I watch a lot of stuff. I, I'm, I learn, I think, I forgot who I was with the other day and they said basically, you know, you're just a very big like student learner, meaning I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of, I read books or I watch YouTube videos on how to get better. I research stuff online and how to get better, you know, and I'm always trying to elevate myself as a person, which it takes time, but I love it. It's like, I'm I'm like addicted to the process of just getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that, especially this year and and I've taken a, a 
huge chunk of your playbook, which I, you've slowly kind of groomed me over the years to kind of like nudge me into that direction. But like the greatness tractor help, but is the fact of, hey, really focus on other people, and that and that might be an individual deal where you know you're you're working to get certain deal for the person and you're doing everything you can and being creative and doing different things to get the person um what they want ultimately which is a house i've i know we've done plenty of those where you know we've had to you know from a monetary standpoint give money back to the deal to make it Mm -hmm. happen for somebody we've also had deals where it's like we've had to i mean we've had to be very creative when you talk about deals falling apart i think we're both in the mindset of we don't dwell on stuff. Like if you were to call me and say, Hey, yeah, it's not looking good. Deals falling apart. Okay. So what are we doing? Like, how are we, what's are we the next step it to fix the, it? Exactly. I just had one. I called the client today deal. That looks like it might be going South and basically called her up and said, okay, what's our options? Here's one, two, three. Let's, we're going to go through all four, four options that we have. We're not just going to throw in the towel and say that this is done. You want the house? My first question, do you still want the house? Yes. Okay. Then this is what we're going to do to get the house. Um, but it's always, I don't, I, I saw a great quote the other day from, a, you know, I'm a big uh, Gary Vee guy, but mm-hmm. it was a, don't look behind you. It fucks up with your, or fucks your neck up, which basically means like things, yeah. once things are done, they're done. Like just keep going forward. Bad stuff's gonna happen. Things are gonna be they're gonna have down days and up days, but at the end of the day, you're always trudging high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think if we can, from a standpoint of trying to help as many people, I, between clients, I've had many conversations with. I met yesterday with a, um, a newer agent, not from our office, someone that I like. I've met through last, you know, kind of some events. Met, had coffee for twenty minutes. And for 20 minutes, I just told them stuff they can do to get better. Yeah. Does not benefit me. Mm-hmm. They don't work for me. They don't work. There's just another person out there. I genuinely like this person and I think that they really want to succeed. Mm-hmm. And they're in their first year of real estate. And if anybody's done real estate, real estate is hard. Mm-hmm. You don't just get it's your true. license and all of a sudden you're balling and you're, you're, you're a top agent. And I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of calls with people on marketing. People have said, I like what you're doing. Can you help us on marketing? I've had plenty of those conversations. I've had plenty of meetings a couple yeah. of months that are just based on marketing for businesses that aren't even affected of my business, but it's giving back to others, you know, and, sharing. And this is the the key to it all is because I do the same thing. I pour into other people. I really like, mm-hmm. I, I help my competitors get better, better at their business. My yeah. team's like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. like, and like I've got competitors that are literally copying my business and everything else, but most people won't. And, that's, yep, that's and it. but I've literally had my competitors say like, I, I've had them text me like, Hey, I might get fired today because I'm going to piss off somebody. Can I come to work with you? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the door's always open, you know, like, because I, I really think if you care, like if you go in and you just care, like you just love on people mm-hmm. at, at, your, at the deepest root of it, it's just gonna, it's, it helps everybody, you yeah. know, like, and, and really just trying to grow other people, you know, just really caring and trying to help them grow their business. Cause if, if other people's businesses grow around you, people just want to help you. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I mean, from a lot of those people that I've worked with and, you know, 
especially the people that are on the team, like I pour a lot of energy into people on our team to get them better. Yeah. And, and when people come to me and say, I want to get into real estate, I want to take my course. Great. We talked about it earlier. I will be doomsday on you, meaning I will tell you all the negatives of why <laughs> you shouldn't be horrible, of yeah. why you shouldn't go into real estate. I will say I love the career. I wouldn't change it, but I'm just letting you know it's an uphill climb for a few years before you get you know you get settled and get comfortable. And I will do everything in my power to make that you know my nine year climb maybe a four year climb for you or five year climb. But you're still going to have to put the work in. And but I start off Absolutely. very very blunt and very. Um, I don't think there's anybody right now that's taking the course to work with us that that I was I told you're going to cry. I told every single person that is getting into real estate, if you want to get in, you're committing to three years, like 100%. Don't bitch to me at six months in when you have zero to one sales. Like uh-huh. it's the way it is. You have you you have a couple connections, hopefully family and friends, but you don't know the industry that well. You don't know the nuances of all the, of the business. You have zero leverage with anybody because that was me when I started. Nobody should have worked with me. Meaning I had zero leverage. I had, I, I had not proved myself. I didn't know what I was talking about. I couldn't convey it. I couldn't help others. It's, eight, well, not, it's my ninth year. My ninth year, I've now gotten to the point where I really feel confident that I can give to people either information, time, service, whatever. Yeah. And, but you're not going to do it year one, year two, potentially year three is when I want people to be able to, if they do it correctly, can go full time. Meaning you, you, and I think like Ellie, Ellie came in very blunt. First one, I said, if you're doing this, you were on for three years. Like you're not doing one year and flaking out on me because it's, it's tough. And you may like, if you really want to do real estate, you were doing it for three years because Here's your syllabus. It's yeah. a three-year commitment. It's a three-year grind, mm-hmm. and it it you should even I, I mean, it, I, dude, I would even say it's a three to ten-year grind. You know, and like, it could be, yeah. You know, but I mean, but I think that's what whether it's real estate. We talked a lot about real estate tonight, but I mean, like, I think any career, like if oh, you're yeah. not, if you're not willing to just go in and grind it out, like, you know, I mean. It takes work to do anything. You know, people, I think I think one of the downfalls of our generation, is, you know, is like the microwave mentality. We want it now. We want it, you know, yesterday. We want easy. Mm-hmm. And the secret is it's not. And yeah. just really understanding that and grinding it out. Yeah, there's, you can be strategic and you can, you can spend time and you can really think about different things. But I, I think that there's a lot of things that you can do to really, um, to do, you know, it's just a lot of freaking work, man. Mm-hmm. And it's stubbing your toe and it's beating your head off the, you know, the wall. And it's, and it, but it's just getting better every day. And, and have, you know, one of the things you and I talk a lot about is what are your goals? What are your goals this quarter? What are your mm-hmm. goals this, you know, being really, uh, one of the things I've learned in the last few years is dreaming in high definition, you know, being specific with the goals, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, I really, I, yeah, I heard I like that, that recently, I like Dream, that. dreaming in high definition. I've never heard that before from yeah. you, so that's, uh, I like that. that was, yeah. uh, something I picked up the last few months. Um, and, uh, but really being like, instead of saying, hey, I want to go to Europe, like, I want to go to Greece and I want to stay in this hotel for three days and then I want to go to this island mm-hmm. and I want to do that. Because if you're going to do that, you can budget it out, you can, you can, calculate what you want to do in your life or where you want to go and really you can you can reverse engineer your future 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things you and I spend a lot of time on is saying, hey, where do I want to be in, in X amount of time, whether it's 90 days or 10 years or 20 years, you know, I mean, and, and really figuring that out. I mean, you and I have more whiteboard space than most people combined. I'm actually lacking. I wish I had more, but <laughs> soon, soon I'll be I, I, I heard a quote once that like whiteboard space was like, like it, your whiteboard space will be equivalent to your amount of wealth. And I was like, I went out that day and bought like three whiteboards. I was like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, if I'm not a tall guy, if I was, I'd have a couple more up top too. I just dude, can't reach them. So dude, this place, I'd have like one of those library and ladders in here. I'd be I, that's what I need. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, my, my, my vertical reach is not very good. Um, yeah, I, I just, well, I mean, the, the whiteboard was, that was from you. I don't, I mean, maybe at some point I would have had a whiteboard, but, um, you know, that was just, you've always had a, from as long as I've known you, you've had a whiteboard in your office with just thoughts and ideas. And I, I look at this and I've, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, but it truly, and this, if anybody wants to know, this is the guy that basically got me on the whiteboard kick is just, it puts everything in front of you where you can't miss it. And I just really, and a lot of this stuff, I could probably erase 30% of the stuff up there. A lot of it's just like mindset stuff and things that I've kind mm-hmm. of already done. And some of the stuff is things I want to do. Some of the stuff is things I probably won't even do for two, three, four years just because of time. Mm-hmm. But it's up there. It will get done or it just fizz out and it's just not important anymore. Things things adapt and evolve. Did I ever tell you about my coach down in Florida? My, my old Carl maybe, White coach? Maybe. So I went down to this coach and I, was, and I wasn't there long as I, it was, I, I, I got in over my head. Uh, it was my first co- like real professional coach and it was 1500 bucks a month. It was a lot of money and I wasn't, it was, mm-hmm. it was tough. And, um, but every 90 days we went down to uh, Palm Springs, Florida, uh, Palm Harbor, Florida, just north of Tampa. And, uh, he had this like place in a little strip mall and he literally, the whole thing, it was just this little classroom in the middle and the whole thing was a whiteboard, like little it was a four by eight sheets of whiteboard on every single wall in this little it was an old like you know some little strip mall store Mm -hmm. and uh you know maybe 1500 square feet 2000 square feet something like that but the whole thing was literally just whiteboards on every wall just screwed right to the wall just cheap the cheapest whiteboards you can buy no frame yeah just like yeah exactly um but floor to ceiling whiteboards Mm -hmm. and um it was really bright in there but (laughs) but we went down there and we mapped out what we wanted to do for the next 90 days. And then we had a coach that kept us accountable to those two or three or four things that we wanted to do every single 90 days. And I think there's so much by taking off bite-sized chunks, you can accomplish any goal. You know, you gotta, you gotta crawl before you can walk. You gotta Mm -hmm. walk before you can run. Um, you gotta Mm -hmm. run before you can sprint. And it's by, by keeping your head down and just taking those little bites and really focusing on a whiteboard and looking at it every single day, you can really accomplish a ton, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and that's that's kind of the whole idea of when I talked about doing a ten-year goal and just, um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do is very mapped out. I I very rarely have short-term goals or just not to me. It's just like, do you do customer appointments here? Um, sometimes. So this was this was a game changer for me. Sometimes, okay. yeah. I. I used to shut. I used to keep all of my whiteboards hidden, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't show my customers. I literally leave the room, and my customers come back, and they're like, "Wow, that's an awesome goal! Like, how are you gonna do that? Like, and it's yeah, you know, like I it, it because again, people do business who they know, like, and trust. If I just met you, and my goals are right on the wall next to us in our appointment, you mm-hmm. can see where I want to go with my life, mm-hmm. where I want to be the next yeah. year, where I want to be the next ten years, yep. and you come into my office, and you can see what's you know what's like. 
I think the space that we create around us is, you know, our outward emotion and what we want to be and, you know, and our outward thoughts and, you know, putting pictures of my kids on the wall. Like my kids mean the world to me, you mm-hmm. know, and to, like the amount of people that come in, like, oh, it's like such a cute picture of this. Other thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's man, like I'm going to get rid of my whiteboard space and just like monster pictures of my kids. Like, yeah, they're know, cute. Like, they're cute kids. So, I'm yeah. just going to agree with the door, you know, I'm going to do it with school. Like I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've noticed. Yeah. Cause your office, has whiteboards in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you can see it. I mean, you can go in and kind of the same. I thought about that when I put it up. It's um, scary. Like, well, yeah. So I do have clients that come here. I mean, yeah. if this is where any client would meet with me, they would mm-hmm. come here. So I do. I'm, um, you know, I mean, I've had going ne- go, leave your customer alone. That's what I've. That's something I'm. One of my business coaches really taught me, and I'm trying. It's hard for me to to build it into my presentation. But I leave them alone in your space. Like, go make a copy mm-hmm. and let them be in your space for a minute. Mm-hmm. They will look around and yeah. they will trust you at a deeper level. And that's something I just started implementing the last couple months. Yeah, I like that. And it, it is. It, it's, you know, like, yeah. like, hey, let me go make a couple copies and this, that, the other thing. And it's part of my presentation. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a thought out part of my presentation that there's a tactical reason behind it because mm-hmm. I want them to you know I don't want it to be just you and me focused yeah. having a conversation take the, take I that, want yeah. them to like pick their head up and like look at my bookshelf and see what's on my bookshelf mm-hmm. and, and look at my goals and see that I'm a real person because mm-hmm. at the end of the day mm-hmm. who are we competing against mm-hmm. you know and, and if you're real and genuine and raw you know people connect at a deeper level with you yeah 100% and I, I like I thought about that about having my the board up and I thought like and a couple things one I don't really care who sees the board there's yeah. been dozens and dozens of people that have seen this board now walking in I I've had agents walk in here I've had lenders walk in here I've had clients who you name it and it kind of goes back to the first thing one I don't care because it kind of it's up there two people aren't going to do what I'm willing to do meaning we talked about competitors and and other people like Sure, that's what I'm going to do. It's right there. Like, you can copy it. You can do everything that I want to do. It's all sitting right there. You won't do it. Nobody will. Yeah, you won't like, do it. I'll give you the blueprint. I, I, that's why I've, like, I've messaged agents. I've text agents. I've met with them in person. Yeah. And they'll ask me stuff. And I say, do this. Do this. Hey, switch that. Hey, this looks good. Try that. Hey, social media, do this. They won't do it. And Or if I'm, they do, they won't be consistent with it. Well, that's the other thing. And that's the thing that I think that I've been able to basically put my stake in the ground as you can copy me you can do stuff like me mm-hmm. i will just be consistent i'll do it i, I think i do it better but mm-hmm. even if you have some really good things here and there you won't be as consistent as me and, and i i kind of i've kind of come up with the motto um i just thought about this i put it at the top of the board uh, but it's like it's just the idea that if you can just if you can just put the time and effort and just energy and just just outwork people. You don't have to be the most talented. I'm not. I don't think I'm the most talented. I've I've learned a lot over the last nine years. I'm just willing to outwork you, and I'm just willing to you know, just grind out and implement stuff and practice and do and get better and improve. And um, it's tough to beat somebody that doesn't stop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Dude, that's my motto, brother. Yeah. Like and uh, that's the thing. Like I just I just love what I do, it. and I don't think I'll ever stop improving. So it's like you know, if I got a gap between, it's like. I'm just going to keep plugging away. So like you see my pace, like uh-huh. you, you got to be working really hard to beat me. Cause like, I think you had said, if you're, if somebody's working 
10 hours a day. I'm, I'm putting in 12 to 14 hours consistently on very productive stuff. And it takes time to get to that level, but yeah. it's, uh, when you get to that level though, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's an adrenaline rush every day. I mean, I know it sounds weird being in like, but you, I know you get it like in, in just, Absolutely. it's just a, it's, I don't know. It's just well, a weird, you know, I mean, I was, I was put down a lot as a child and I was mm-hmm. put down a lot as a kid and, um, I was always told I couldn't do things and I was like, Oh yeah, watch me. You know, like, mm-hmm. like literally how I got into the mortgage business was somebody told me I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Not only will I uh, <laughs> crush everybody around me, you know, like, um, but, but yeah, you just gotta out hustle and out work and mm-hmm. out grind everybody. Like, okay, you're going to make 20 calls this week. I'm gonna make 200, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's just that law that numbers. And you know, I mean, I, you're better at the online thing than I am. And that's something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting old. Like I, I need, like, I gotta, I gotta hire a college kid like you did. That was the best movie you ever did. Like she's awesome. You know, she does well, but you know, like, um, and it's good to the point where like for people on my team, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, but people are calling me old, you know, like, and I, I gotta keep up with the online stuff, but, um, you know, you asked me today, do you text? And I'm like, I hate to, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, like <laughs> unless I'm driving, that's the only time I'll text. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would, God, I think I can track how many times I text in a day. I, I, t- I told Adam when he walked in today, I'm like, I was texting somebody and I, no, luckily it was a girl on the team. And I was like, I was texting. And it was completely wrong. Like it wasn't wrong. It was just like, I'm very, I don't, misspell a lot of stuff i'm really mm-hmm. anal on like making sure it's grammar and grammar's yeah. good and even to just people that i could like slang words out yeah. but i just like type something and i did like a exclamation point instead of a question mark and i was going to change and i'm like i don't even want to touch this phone anymore it's just <laughs> just one of those days it was like i mean it's good a lot of good stuff happened today but it was just the fact that um there, there's you know it's i've been up since 5 a.m this morning you know what i mean and it's just it's great. So there's a lot of stuff and you're packing it in and you're, you're trying to make the most of each day. Um, but it's fun. I mean, it's the, that's the, the, the fun aspect of it, but there, there's, yeah, like the technology aspect. I, I, we're not far off, but I didn't have any of this stuff. I didn't grow up with it. Like, mm-hmm. and I think people think I'm good at technology. I'm not, I'm not a very, I don't barely know how to turn our TV on One, I don't watch it too often, but I was at my parents' house on Sunday and the golf was on. And then of mm-hmm. course I'm, big you know big big nut when it comes to uh, like especially the masters and mm-hmm. stuff and uh i gave it to my dad I'm, i don't know how to run this tv i don't know how to do the remote control like i'm i'm not i'm in my 20s still but i just i never grew up with like the kids that are having their phone at eight nine ten years old and all they're doing yeah. is learning that like mm-hmm. me i spend more time on google and youtube mm-hmm. than an average person will probably do in a decade and i do that probably in a month yeah i mean it's just i gotta learn stuff like i don't Today, I was like learning how to, I mean, little minor things like product, even for the podcast or for something in, in marketing. Like if I don't know how to do it, I will just watch videos until I learn it and then practice and practice and practice and practice. Like I didn't know how to do Instagram. Like I've got, I don't even good. have an Instagram account, dude. Yeah. Like, which, which I, 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 I even you've been in a lot of my photos. I just can't tag you. So I usually, I used to tag your bank and stuff. So, um, <laughs> which doesn't go to you, but some, somebody who's ever running that account. Always so like you're that. saying I got to go on the Insta. You got you to get on there. All your girls are, oh, actually, I don't know. Katie's on there. <laughs> dude. Like I'm, I'm literally the old man. Like they, they talk about these things that they see. Like I, I don't know. I just, I, I gotta, I gotta do it. It's just. It's not something that, cause like I, I look, I mean, one of the things that's different about our industries mm-hmm. is 
I'm in front of a phone or in a computer for 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to freaking do when I'm by myself is flip through my phone. Like yeah. I, I don't, I want to be done. I want to look at my mountains. I want to watch the sunset. I want to like, yeah. you know, I want to, I, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be around technology. You, um, yeah, you're, you're different. And, and for people that don't know that, and we kind of touched on it very briefly when it's going through, but you grew up in Colton Pierpont, which yeah. If you don't know where it is, good, so luck, cool. good luck finding it. Yeah, it's uh, but it's uh, <clears throat> it's, it's like you- it's like uh, the halfway point between Tupper Lake and Potsdam. So like, you get to the middle of nowhere, you take a left, you drive thirty minutes, and that's where I'm at. You okay. know, like so. But um, so here, here's a guy you you were a, a dog musher musher. Okay, mm-hmm. in Alaska mm-hmm. um, for summers, a couple summers, right? Three years, yeah. Three summers, uh, two, went, two summers and uh, two summers and one full year. How often do they have snow up there? Is it all year? No, that's ridiculous. But you said dog musher in the summer. Yeah, I, I lived on a glacier, so there was snow. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, well, I was, I was on a glacier. Like, I was on like a mile of snow and ice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So I, I wasn't. I mean, I've never been to Alaska, but how? how what was the daytime like there? Because um, uh, hours of sunlight. Um. So. It, it, People won't be able to see this, but Alaska, uh, I can't do this. No, you can do it. I'll, we'll explain um, it. So, like, Alaska kind of looks like your hand if your top three fingers are pointed out, you know, pulled in your other hand. So, basically, finger. pretend you're shooting a gun with your finger just turned upside, upside down. Upside down. Your pointer finger is the Aleutian Islands. Your uh, your thumb is southeast Alaska, you know, Juneau, Haines, Skagway. And the other, the top three fingers, your middle finger through your pointer finger are kind of spread out and kind of pulled in that's kind of what alaska looks mm-hmm. like um at least this is what i used to tell people when i was a tour guide yeah um and so we're like he, we're like a few inches south of that so in the summer i was down here okay so like in the summer here it gets light at 5 a.m mm-hmm. and it gets dark at 9 or 9 30 mm-hmm. it was the same thing but it got light at like 3 a.m and it got dark at Seven. Um, no, at like uh, like a le- uh, like eleven at night in the summer, because um, oh, wow. I spent okay. summers up there. Um, oh, gotcha. So it's just like extended here, but you know, it just was like a two so hours on the side cool of the bed. Then. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things was uh, I was up in Fairbanks, kind of about the center of the state uh, for the summer solstice, and uh, we hiked this uh, little knoll, and it was cool. Like you could see the sun come down over the horizon, and the sun went down like eighty percent of the way. And then it rose back up. Really? It never fully set. It was one of the coolest days of my life to see the sun wow. come down and not fully set and then start to rise back up. We were on this knoll looking north and it was just, it was really freaking neat, man. I mean, it really just shows you how huge the world is and how small we are, you know? Yeah. like. Um, Have you ever seen the Northern Lights? Uh, yeah, tons of times. Yeah. Yeah, so I spent uh, spent a winter and a half up in Fairbanks, and then I spent some time out in the bush um, and uh, in Eagle, Alaska. And uh, I was halfway up the Yukon-Alaska border. Uh, it was me and a buddy and nine dogs that we lived. Our closest neighbor was 16 miles away, and it was... Wow. Um, yeah, it was freaking cool. Like, now, I think this... Either I was dreaming this or I wasn't seeing what I thought I saw... We had, we were driving back one time, I think kind of like Route 11 ish, mm-hmm. 37 Route 11. I was yeah. top north of the state. Can you see the northern lights from there? Very. I mean, I I saw them in Colton once. Okay. Um, you, you can see them, but it's not it's not often that we do because the 
Um, I, I don't understand what they are, but like the sky dances, but dude, like in the winter in Fairbanks, Alaska, almost every night, the lights, That's it's cool. just, it, it's, it's out of this world, man. Yeah. Like, Cause when I was, I saw it once as a kid, I just, I just remember this vividly driving on the road and it wasn't, it was the Northern lights and, um, it was probably something like around the time that they would be there and it was. You know, you're kind of north of the state. I mean, you're uh-huh. we're we're about latitude. Uh, well, latitude 44. We're about uh-huh. we're about that latitude. Um, but I've I've always had a fascination with like space and stars and moon, planets and galaxies. And when you talk about like the moon coming down and not like the sun t- or, the, or the sun. Oh, yeah. the sun. So when you talk about the sun coming down, it's like I was driving to the office today. This morning it was probably like quarter of seven and the sun is like right in your eyes kind of deal Uh and i was thinking to myself i'm like it's incredible and i know i'm 29 i've seen the sun thousands and thousands of days it like hit me today i'm like how many times have you really looked at i know not not enough yeah (laughs) thank god but but it's like i'm sitting there thinking about it i'm like how is that damn thing so far away but it is literally blinding me right now hundreds and thousands or millions of miles away mm-hmm. it is literally blinding me where i gotta put my hand up to look at the lights because i can't see the damn lights change on the on the uh on the street light so Have it's like really thought about that like how tiny and insignificant we really are yes look straight up in the sky at night and yeah. just see like on a clear night and just see stars but think about like i mean you know like and this is this is guess getting a little deep i guess but you know like how perfect our situation of our planet needs to be mm-hmm. in order for us to thrive. Yeah. And you know, and we've talked a lot about like growing business and growing different things, but like what if there was a change that changed everything? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, when you talk about like, I mean, you, you look at that, like I, from what we know, earth is the only, only planet with life on it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that to be true because there. Have you ever seen? If anybody wants to Google or you know go YouTube, not Google, go on YouTube and type in something along the lines of Earth's like Earth's uh, ratio compared to space or whatever. Yeah, it is freaky because it starts off with like this is Mercury, mm-hmm. this is Earth, a little bit bigger. Okay, cool goes up goes up all of a sudden the this earth is a spot on the moon like a spot you can barely see it then all of a sudden you're like oh by the way this is jupiter this is like it gets bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger and all of a sudden you're like oh this is our galaxy oh by the way here's our galaxy in the milky way mm-hmm. and then it keeps and then you're like oh here's the milky way milky way is a spot on this oh by the way here's the you know here's um Betelgeuse, the planet Betelgeuse. Here's um, Ursa Minor. Like you're looking at how big these planets are, where you can't even see our solar system anymore, mm-hmm. and that right there like makes you kind of uneasy because you're like, oh, like like there's so much more out there. I I guarantee you, like there is millions of probably other planets out there that have life on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they look like us, but they have life. They do whatever. Like, um, I mean, I just think it's incredible. Like what space entails and like space is what six seven 
billion years old or something like that when you talk about just in, in time and like like we're talking like seconds or an hour a, like a two hour podcast mm-hmm. compared to the span of like just the earth not counting the galaxy mm-hmm. and I don't know it, it, it it's kind of like when I see people that are very religious thinking that there's like a higher power that's like the times that makes me think that like the earth is too perfect to be able to sustain itself and you know like we had a child like childbirth is incredible like just the idea that just things work in the earth talking about organisms talking about plants that affect the earth that affect little things on your body that affect or have adapted over time like we've adapted from monkeys for some point we will adapt hundreds of years from now to be a different speed like a different version of our own species Mm -hmm. like it's just incredible to see the whole spectrum, but it makes you think about like, oh, I guess like my problem I had today was not that big of a deal because like yeah. it's a small speck. Like it, it's, but it like blows your mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've always had this fascination with space. Um, you know, I, I heard something once and, you know, and the other thing that I never really thought about was the time aspect of it and thinking about it in 3D and um, it, it kind of a couple points, but like, you know, we might be the only intelligent beings that we've found out there, mm-hmm. but that's really only intelligent beings we've found out here at this, at this time. Exactly. You know, and, and, and we see time as a day to day thing, but like the earth is, or, you know, the universe is billions of years old. Was there a different, uh, intelligent life out there when there was dinosaurs roaming the world? Mm-hmm. Was there a different intelligent life out there while we were like microorganisms? Mm-hmm. Are there other organisms out there now that are you know they're dinosaurs and they're not you know intelligent or whatever i mean i guess that it would be intelligent but you know something like that but you know humans as humans are have been i mean think about it like we've been around and intelligent and been able to like reach out into the universe for 60 years 60 years is nothing Mm -hmm. over 9 billion or whatever it is yeah 6.7 billion or whatever it is you know like so it's You know, so I think there's that, but I also, you know, you you said something about like, you know, this place is perfect in this and, um, and, and something that it's kind of always been on like one of the things I just haven't studied that I really want to is quantum physics. And, uh, um, I think there's so much to be, and this is, and this is kind of edging on the border of religion or whatever. And I've never been a super religious guy. But there is something to be said, I think, for you are what you think about most of the time. And I think if you care and and, and, and I'm not even that like, but like, I think if you like where you focus your energy, yeah, where you focus your energy and, and what you think, like, I, you know, this is this is kind of something like a little game I play with myself. I win a lot. Like I win a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to win like I win so many like little yeah. raffles and things like that. Like people are like, how do you win that? Like, I literally think about it and like, like I'll close my eyes and I like, I envision myself winning and then I win. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's silly and Visualization's stupid, but, powerful. but there's something yeah. to be said and I don't know what that connection is and I, and I don't know what it is, but I, 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 it's honestly, it's probably something that we should study more and I don't know what it is, but I think if you focus if focused effort and focused energy on something, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that's goals or, you know, lottery drawings or, or what, but, um, 
yeah, you know, I, I just, I, there's something to be said for that. And it's not, it's, it's something that I don't know anything about that, you know, I'm going to make that, that's going to be one of my goals I'm going to learn about. Yeah. Like, I, I think, no, I think focus is it from, it's kind of funny. We've, uh, I mean, I, I, visualization to me is huge. Uh-huh. I've, I've had times where I've visualized stuff extremely vivid, you know, uh-huh. in the sense of like, wasn't accomplished, but I wanted to accomplish. Um, I think it's as funny as, you know, winning, you know, back in the high school, winning like a state championship in soccer. Like yeah. I envisioned winning it basically at the beginning of the season. Like it was, it was weird. Like you had months to do it, but like, I just knew we were good. Like in my gut, I knew we were going to win. Yeah. I've done it with, well, you know, old girlfriends in the past. I know it sounds mm-hmm. weird, but like, you've like, I really like that girl. And like, but you like, and Ash doesn't like me kind of deal. Like I did that with Gina for a few months. Like I, you know, I kind of like, you know, it's just like, but you kind of like envision like, or even just like meeting people. I've had like business acquaintances. I know it's kind of funny, but like, meeting Aaron was a very odd occurrence. Uh-huh. Um, we talk about it all the time. I was, I was about a split second decision from probably having a totally different, not, not working here, not being, you know, like different thing. Um, you know, meeting certain people. Um, I do it with listings. I have a listing. Um, I think I'm going to have come up very soon. I've been envisioning getting the listing for over two years. I know it sounds weird. It was just one that, long long story short, I think I'm going to accomplish that, which would be really cool. Uh-huh. And like a lot of the stuff is, you know, trying to hit, um, you know, my my goal I set year two, I think, of real estate. Uh-huh. Um, to basically to what I wanted to accomplish by the time I was 30. Um very very much within reach now and if you told me eight years ago if that was in reach i would have laughed i, I have no clue how i'm gonna do it it's kind of a stupid a stupid uh, goal um but thought about it a lot envisioned it put the small effort in um so now i'm kind of like that's like kind of validates it and then you're kind of like i'm 29 what is my 40-year goal gonna be and the thing is like 40s young i like I, I know it sounds crazy when i was a kid you think it's so old but as i've gotten older it's like Dude, I see people like around town. I'm like, they're 60 and they're crushing and they're like energy levels up. I'm like, they're twice my age. I'm like, I can't wait. That gives me 30 more years to do what I'm doing. Like, what am I going to accomplish in 30 years? Taking the snowball effect into consideration. Because mm-hmm. when you talk about scratching the surface, like I am 100% like feeling like I'm just, just getting like, if you go from a baby perspective, I find that I'm crawling right now. I've gotten over the rolling part that I'm crawling and like I'm a probably five years away from like stumbling into my walk. If that makes, you know, and I think in the grant, if you were to use that as an analogy for the next 50 years, you know, I, I totally understand. Like, cause I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm five years down the road mm-hmm. and I've succeeded. And the thing that I've been trying to figure out is what is my next step? Mm-hmm. Do I just continue at this pace? Do I try and continue to grow? What does that look like personally? What does that look like? And and what what's next? Because that's really something that I because I I you know you when you hit when you crush your goals, mm-hmm. you have to come up with new goals. And I don't know what my goals are. 
anymore. And I, I'm kind of getting, and this is something that I've really started to flounder like with like, what do I want my goals to be? What's super important to me? Like, and the things that were important to me when I was 25 are no longer important to me, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I'm really starting to think about like, how can I build a legacy and what do I want my, um, the subtle art of don't giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. Awesome book. If I I've listened to it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and it really started, got me thinking about like, what is my legacy? What, like, like, again, we're here for such a short blip of time. Mm -hmm. Why are we here? You know, what can we do to impact and help others? And what's my why? And that's really something that I'm really trying to struggle with. And I want to, you know, and one of the things I give you so much props for is your why is so defined and so clear. And I had that before mm -hmm. and I don't know what mine is now. And it's something that I'm kind of floundering on a little bit. And dude, I went through a little depression because I didn't know what my why was. I didn't know why I was doing it. And you know, you can go through the emotions every day, but if you're not having fun, you know, you got to have fun with it. So, yeah. Um, but, but what is the why? And that's, you know, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I've gone to the same where I didn't have, I, I think my why got much more defined about a, two years ago, year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think I took, I took a real big turn in my business and, and the thing was, I just, I think that I ended up going from my why and goals got bigger than what they were. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is kind of the same thing when you're shooting for, what is the adage? If you're shooting for the, the moon, you end in the stars or something like that. Meaning like I shoot for the stars and if you hit the moon, you're, yeah, you're whatever that, that, yeah, mm -hmm. bad, bad butchering of that, that, uh, <laughs> that quote there. But the, the idea is that my goals, I don't think they were good, I think. Um, and I'm still trying to hit a big one, which I think is in reach. And the thing is now everything's now evolved. So the goals that I've now set are bigger, but they're bigger than myself. It's not like an individual, like I need people to help me with it. I need, I'm so what's the biggest goal you're swinging for right now? My my biggest goal that I have semi-defined meaning is I like is I'm just growing the company. I'm growing the brand, I'm growing the company, I'm what growing the mean? culture. How do you measure that? So I mean from a some it's from one standpoint, from a company standpoint, would be be the number one office in the our our region. Um, which, from a de, from a def, defining standpoint, I can do that with numbers. You know, I can look at the numbers. I can see what kind of the average amount of people um, or sales or whatever is. Now, my bigger thing than that because and I that's what I track my numbers meaning like my volume and deals per year I, I have mm -hmm. a board I have every number down to exactly what I've done and they're all just lined up I can see yeah. my it's my tally sheet you know and I want to do that from I find that I've gone at this point as doing it from an individual perspective where now I want to do it as a group perspective so I want to take what I've been able to do over 10 years and multiply that into a group scenario where you know if i can get to the point where i can be the number one agent in our area i've really climbed the peak as an individual agent if you're number one well i mean you can get better as a number one you know you can distance yourself from number two 
But from a standpoint of you've outsold everybody. I mean, nobody can say they've outsold more than you. So that's like goal one that I've always had. But now it's evolved to like, I now want to do that as a company, but I want to do it from a standpoint. We've talked about commission splits. We've talked about culture. We've talked about, I want to do it from a standpoint of, I can bring as many people along on that journey with me Ellie is number one. Like she's brand new. She was like day one. She's my sidekick that I want to bring on with me. And Ellie, I think will me and Ellie will be in business for a long time um, mm-hmm. in whatever we end up doing. And but I think that something with her, you know, I want her to be able to accomplish some crazy things in life because we were able to give her the platform to do it. In a, you know, and I want her to make four times the average income up here. I want her to be able to crush everything up here that she wants to do and have the resources and ability to do that. And I want to do that with agent two and agent three and agent four. But at the same token, by being able, the only way to accomplish that is by helping a lot of people. Yeah. And I've even gotten to the point where not even just from an individual person perspective of trying to help people buy or sell because I, I really think it's a huge deal. You know, you're buying your first home, you're selling a house, you're downsizing, you're upsizing, yeah. whatever. All that stuff is a huge, I mean, we just went through the whole buying selling process back in October. I lived this day to day and it was still emotional for me to leave our first house. It was still, you know, nerve wracking. It was still like, it's all of those things. But at the end of the day, I consider that my greatest deal I ever did getting into our home. You know, out of all the stuff I've ever done in nine years, out of all my sales, I think I'm the most happy on that one because you you were, you were with me on that one. We went through a lot of shit, to, but it, but we pulled it off. And it's got a table saw. There there was a lot, of, yeah. But it was like one of those things I can really look back at and be proud of of myself and how I and what I did and how we we just the entire scenario was just a win. You know, I and um, but if we can, then I've even looked at the point where I've gotten big with. Adirondack Young Professionals and just trying to get grow that because I just think our area has so much to offer and I think we have a lot of young talent here. There are some phenomenal young people in this community. Dude, crazy. Like, and, and the thing is, we've been lucky enough that we've been able to align with them because we've just been able to be in the same kind of sphere as them. But mm-hmm. I mean, God, there are some just A-plus players out there that are in their 20s and 30s and I'm trying to be able to from a very, I'm starting to kind of make some more strides within the chamber and kind of get more comfortable with, I would say, the older demographic of our mm-hmm. area that has been around longer, and trying to tie in the young to the, to the, the Adirondack young professionals to the the chamber to the college. And I think I went to an event a couple of weeks ago at the at the college, and it's like, man, there are some bright kids there, and the problem is, they come up here and they go home. Like, mm-hmm. how do we like I I. This was always one of my, this is my big, biggest pet peeve with Adirondack Young Professionals. I love that organization. I think yeah. the, the people there are great. The, 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 the or what was the, uh, the mission statement is to attract and retain, retain young, young talent to our area or young professionals. Mm-hmm. We have an influx of people every year at that college, mm-hmm. every year from all walks of life, from international to the city to different states and, and beyond. And you look at that and it's like, how do we keep those people here? So I went to this thing the other, a couple of weeks ago, and I asked a couple of them, I said, 
how do you guys like college? Good. Okay, great. Do you guys like Plattsburgh? Yeah. I said, would you guys stay in Plattsburgh? Like, yeah, if we had opportunity. And what blows my mind is that I believe there's opportunity or will be opportunity in Plattsburgh, but it's it's trying to connect those kids to you, to me, to these other people in the area that like I might not have a position for you, mm-hmm. but we know of people who may or you might just say, "Hey, listen, I'm just going to I'm just going to get an entry level, you know, kind of slum it out for a couple of years. I like these people. I like the area. I like hiking. I like going to Montreal. I like going to Burlington or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can come here and retain that. So like I've really started to evolve my mindset, not necessarily like, again, me as an individual agent. I'm looking at my company because I want to make a presence here with my company. But I also, or I say my, but like our, I'm very big on like a group of people. Like I, mm-hmm. like I want to make a presence with our company, but I also want to make a presence with trying to keep all those like trying to better the area than when we kind of leave it better than we found it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really big on if we can do that. And I think there's a lot of positive things happening. I think there's a lot of positive people in the Plattsburgh area that are really trying to grow it. Um, I was in an event the other day and um, Gary Douglas was saying that in the last three years, Plattsburgh is ranked top 10 in micro cities in North and South America. That's 50 or less, 50,000 or less people. There's a lot of cities in New and in, in yeah. not, not 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 the U.S. North America and South America, Mexico, Canada, Mexico, Canada, Brazil, so. Argentina. These major major countries. We are been in the top ten in the last three polls, and you look at that and it's like, man, there's a lot of opportunity up here. And going forward, there's going to be more and more. But it's like, how can we attract those kids? How can we better the area? I mean, I'm a big proponent, and I talk about you being. One of my business mentors, my other one is is Aaron, and I mean, you can't get more pro pro North Country than that guy. Straight you, up, you know, and and but I think you know he's seen that and um, he sees the opportunity, and that's something that I've been able to I think see over the last probably year to two years, and that's kind of been my in goal, but indirect goal. Right now, I'm just kind of like really just kind of testing that, not in a sense of, but it's like trying to make connections, trying to get people involved in the community a little bit more and i think at the end of the day if we can better it for you know our kids or you know and make plattsburgh an attractive area for people to come there's a lot of history geographically um i mean from from a standpoint yes the winters are are long but at the end of the day we don't have natural really many natural disasters we're not we have no hurricanes we have no tornadoes we have an ice storm once in 100 years you know it's like you look at these kind of things that our area is phenomenal um mm-hmm. it's just a matter of trying to get people to invest in the area and stay in the area but it's mm-hmm. like that's been a that's really been a uh, something i've focused on and i will continue to focus on because i believe in it a lot but that's part of the grand thing and i don't know how to quantify that i haven't i haven't really put that in perspective of numbers and and tracking it's a lot of the stuff with everything in my kind of my business a lot of the stuff i do is on unquantifiable meaning that you can't put a number behind it you can't put a number behind a conversation you have with somebody in a good i mean just a genuine conversation if i have a conversation with somebody in the waiting room at the you know while i'm getting my oil changed i don't know where that will lead i don't know you know me posting a photo or me going to an event and saying hi to somebody or even just smiling at somebody Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i can't put a number on that but little things like that karma which is another thing that i have in my board it's like 
karma is a real thing. And it's like, if you just put out positivity, positivity finds you. Do one to others, man. Yeah. And, and the, the golden rule has been, I, I, I used to be very, um, I used to, I grew up going to the church and stuff and mm-hmm. I haven't really gotten in many years. And part of the reason is I, I just find that you can simplify life down into the golden rule. And I just yeah. try to live by the golden rule. I try to be mm-hmm. nice to people. I try to care about people. I try to give people benefit of the doubt. I try to, you know, life's hard. I mean, we've, and, you know, when I see people having tough times or, you know, people struggling with certain things, it's like, dude. Make other people smile. Yeah. Man. If you can make yeah. one person smile a day, like. It, Makes you smile. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, this is being a leader and everything, you know, it's, uh, I don't think about myself that way. But, like, um, if you can just go in and start giving high fives, like, I give about high fives to everybody. You know, like. <laughs> you gave to Jordan and she left. Yeah, I did. You know, but, like. There's something about that. Like people tell me like, you know, that just makes me feel better, you know, like, yeah. And you know, and I kind of do it just to be goofy, but like it, it makes other people smile. It makes other people, yeah. you know, like, again, I don't think I'm that great, you know, but I go in, if I can make people feel comfortable, they connect at a deeper level. Yeah. And I think the the mindset's there for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the things I struggled early in my career was being like too uptight, not uptight, but too like professional. Like I wanted to be, I was young, I, I underestimated myself and I was very, you know, I had to stay in my shell kind of thing. If anybody knows me now, like the last three, four years, I've, I, I would say definitely the last three years, I've really come out of my shell and I've been mm-hmm. very much just like who you see me now, you'll see me with my friends, you'll see me on the weekends, you'll see me at home. You'll, like I've just... But I'm more outgoing. I'm more goofy. I mean, I think, I think you're that real. resonates with you're people. Wrong, yeah, you're you know? real. Yeah, and, and, and like, because that, that's what people don't want. The stuffy guy, yeah. you know, like they don't want some prick. They want, they want to see who you are. They want fun. Know? Like they want, and, they want us to swear on this podcast yeah. because, like, we're not. Trust well, me, I'm not know, very. You know, I, well, you know, I, 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 uh, I read this book called Pound the Stone recently. It's a great read, um, and it was just do, do the same thing over and over again, um, mm-hmm. but. One of the things that they said in there was take your mask off. Like, yeah. just show people who you are, what you really care about. And like, mm-hmm. and it's something I've been really, I keep saying to myself, take your mask off, take your mask off, take your mask off. My sister, you know, I've known my sister her whole life. You know, she's two years younger than me, basically my whole life. And she said to me the other day, she's like, man, you've been more emotional in the last few months than I've than you ever have in your life. You know, and I think as guys, we have a tendency to, to not be not not yeah, you, you know, more not wear our heart on our sleeves, yeah. you know, so to speak. Yeah. And it's and and I think there's something to be said about just being raw and telling people you care about them and showing and just showing it. You know, I mean, I think that's one of the things I, I think we all need to get better at is just telling and showing people how much we appreciate them. You know. Yeah, and I, I um, man, it's like it makes such a difference when you can just have. Because at the end of the day, if you act like that, like just act normal and act yourself and act like fun and, and goofy and loving and everything like that, people mirror that back to you. Yeah. And it, and it's and guess what? That's what how they want to act. They don't want to act all. <laughs> people you know, want to be real. Yeah. yeah. Like and and you know what? People can't be pissed off at you if you're if you're raw like that. You know, like if you're having if you're being goofy and everything else, like and somebody's super frustrated and everything else, and you and you you're emotional, emotionally positive to them mm-hmm. and you smile when they're pissed off. Like 
there's not there's power in a smile, man. Like, yeah, it, it's well, especially our business because we talk about it being hard. Like, that's the people business. Yeah, and and what's funny is the amount of times I, I've we every day, and and you know this, we're putting out fires. Yeah, it's a firefighter. I mean, every day you're a firefighter. I mean, in in the in the, in the you know the uh, the figurative sense of that, we every day run up against problems. Uh-huh. We have ups, we have downs. If like you're getting into our business, there you're on a blind roll. You're on a roller coaster blind because you don't know when the sky is gonna. You know, basically, you don't know when you're gonna drop. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the 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 idea is when that's gonna happen, it's how you react to it. We talked about yeah. okay, what's the next step? And I think every time we've ever had an issue, it's like okay, 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 great. What's the next step? Like. There's a problem. We just got to fix it. But it's like, we're, let's not dwell and, and say, oh, this this is unfair or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, let's find the solution mm-hmm. so we can get past this. Well, one of the and, things I learned early on from one of my business coaches, and I mean, hiring a coach is literally like n- nobody won the Super Bowl without a great coach. You know, like you have to have a great coach. And one of the things I learned from one of my coaches early on is if there is a problem before the problem blows up and everybody's pissed off, mm-hmm. tell everybody there's a problem mm-hmm. and then celebrate after the problem that you fixed it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a little problem and people aren't are worried about it, you know, like, yeah. Hey, you know, there is something on the horizon. It might blow up in our face. Mm-hmm. It might not, but it's out there. Yeah. And I don't want this coming from left field and surprising us all in the 11th hour. Yeah. And I, I think that's as part of like this setting, the expectation thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> Same thing. Like I said, we had a, we had a deal fall apart this week. Called up the seller. And I'm like, hey, just gonna break it to you. Deal fell apart. They're backing out. Like, then I kind of explained it. I probably hit him a little hard, but I'm like, I'm letting you know now before you know, just back on the market. We're we're mark, we're doing this. Thing. This is what we're doing. Here, how we're proactive to get it back on track. But you know, you got it. You got it. You know, and and I have one of the sheets. I have I have a couple things. I just kind of lay on my desk at night, and then I mm-hmm. you know see in the morning. One's the that four W thing. But the other thing is, um, do the hardest thing first. That's on my sheet. Eat the frog. Eat the frog. And and it's basically the idea of like, do the thing every single day. And it's easier said than done. There's some days I have a hard time with it, but I mm-hmm. really try to do it. Is do the thing that you're thinking about, that you're thinking about, that you're thinking about. Just do it. Like it's mm-hmm. going to be uncomfortable. But usually what happens, I've found, is when you overthink about it and then you actually do it, it's, it's not as bad as what you thought. Mm-hmm. Meaning... You, you you built this up so bad in your mind that by the time it actually happens, you're like, why did I just call them at nine this morning instead of two? You know, everybody wonders why I call them in the morning. Yeah. Cause I make all my calls in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. like my day, like if you look at my calendar three years from now, like you look at my calendar, it's all like three quarters of my, my calendar is booked out. It's a reoccurring event mm-hmm. and I fit everything else in in between. Mm-hmm. And same, you know, but, and well, you have to, you have to manage the time, you know? And, and, um, and literally my power hour and who I'm going to call every single day is mapped out. I know who I'm going to call, you know, Taylor's she's freaking awesome. Right. She's the best assistant I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and like she, that girl can anticipate my thoughts. But like the other day I asked her, I was like, Hey, I need, I need this. And she, they were literally done in her hand. <laughs> I was like, can you get me for this for this morning? And they were literally done in her hand. Yeah. She'd already, she's like, great. she's awesome. She's so fantastic, man. Um, but like, I forgot where I was going with that. Where were we going with that? Wait, just give me a sec. Um, you were talking about... Oh, my God. Wow. 
Listen, I have to listen back to that. <laughs> I thought you were talking about in, anticipate. Oh, you're talking about doing a, a, the biggest thing first. Like the oh yeah, person. doing the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, but um, but you know, knowing who you're going to call, and it's literally getting to the point. Like she literally has my calendar built out, and she gives it to me every morning. Of this is who you need to call by noon. Mm-hmm. Like it's already loaded up. I have used a, a dialing system to help me dial just mm-hmm. to keep me on track. Mm-hmm. Um, I get shiny on brick syndrome as we just learned. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I'll, I'll, all I literally have to do is hit dial. Like mm-hmm. is is hit dial is load up that she gives me a sheet of everybody I need to call and she literally hands it to me and just says call these people. Mm-hmm. Like my team tells her who I need to call and she tells me that I need to call them and calling those people and being super proactive and knowing who you're going to call on which day um it, it's having a plan and working the plan well i think um you talked about before con- consistency yeah and you talked about you know we talked about communication if anybody's used you um or any agents use you or whatever at no point could they ever say i never heard from cross-country mortgage i never heard yeah. from adam the reason being is, and again, we talk consistency. You have called me every Tuesday <laughs> for as long as I can remember, because I know that's the day you call and say, "This is your pipeline, and this is the things you're doing." And it's the only day you answer the phone. And and and, and you know what's I know. And, and to be honest, <laughs> I do it partly because I just know what you're calling, and and like, and some days I miss it. You know, I, I try to pick up my phone, but if I'm in appointments and stuff, but um, or like today I missed it, and then I called you back before you left the voicemail. But it's. It's the idea that um, I know every Thursday, every Tuesday, I'm going to get something from you. I now have I, I have my status call, my status calls that you had me do. I put them on Tuesdays and Fridays, meaning mm-hmm. I check all my pendings on Tuesday and I check them on Friday before the weekend just to make sure yeah. in the morning, just make sure there's everything kind of buttoned up. And um, and I played around with that. I may move the Friday to Thursday, but because I think you do Tuesday Thursday, but I get emails every Tuesday and Thursday from your team. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I put it on Tuesday is because I know I'm going to get an email from you guys. And I just basically tell them. I mean, they're on it. They're CC'd. But I still reach out to them and I say, hey, this is where we're at. Any questions? This is kind of the timeline on other stuff besides mortgage. But this is where we're kind of going. And uh, any questions? And and I think one of the, the best things you ever said to me is, and I've, I think about this a lot, is that an outbound call takes two minutes and an inbound call takes 20 it's true, man. And, it, and it's so crazy that uh, that happened today. Today's what's today? Tuesday. One? Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. I was like, "Why? Today's not Wednesday." Okay, it's Tuesday, and um, I called a couple people, and it was like, "Hey, this is where we're at." Ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, "Oh, great, thanks, cool." Like, mm-hmm. and then and then we're being proactive. We're not putting out fires. We're being we're being we're a step ahead. We're but if you set that expectation too, then everybody knows you're going to call on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Monday night. They're not anticipating like. We we picked up a fumble that somebody else denied, and we're running through. This girl literally has told us every single, like every th- two or three days, how awesome we are just because we talked to her. Mm-hmm. That's not rocket science, you know. Like no. just you know, you tell, don't have to be better to pick the phone. No, yeah. you know, like like literally, I've built my business on just a couple of key principles. And and one of the things I did, one of the things one of my first coaches had me do was go out and interview every realtor. What what do you want in a lender? And without, you know, almost unanimously, it's close on time, don't lie to me, and communicate. Mm-hmm. And usually it's like, usually it's like communicate 
cl- close on time and don't lie to me. You know, yeah. like that's it, it, yeah, that's it, right. it, it's not freaking rocket science. You know, like this is like, you know, we're, I'm not reading. But Real stories are very yeah. simple. Yeah, we, we only need a few things. So yeah, that's. <laughs> but it's it's not hard, you know, and it's just and it's sales. Deliver what the people want. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want me to communicate? Well, here's my plan to communicate. Mm-hmm. I will communicate this to you. This is what you should expect. Yeah. I, I mean, I very rarely have to ever reach out to you guys and say what's going on. Usually, if, it, if I do, it's more of like we have to discuss something. something yeah. yeah, it's not like where are we at? I know mm-hmm. where we're at. We have to discuss what's going on more so than saying like, you know, and I, I that's the expectation. I know it up front. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I most lenders I have to contact and say, mm-hmm. where are we at? You know, and I it, it blows my mind. That, and there's some very good lenders in the area, but... It, nobody's been able to really pick up that you know that that ball and run with it meaning you know the communication aspect and you guys are second to none by far well you know i mean i, I literally i tell my competitors what my plan is just because like you said about it earlier like it's it, it's not rocket science it's a really simple plan but nobody executes yeah you know, because because well, I have a coach, I have a business coach mm-hmm. that gives me the carrot when I need it and gives me the stick when I need it. And I, I, I you know, and you're only as good as who you coach are. You have to have that accountability. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, that's what coaching is, is it's accountability. You have to be accountable to somebody. And when we're independent contractors, you know, that's what people they always say. Hey, I'm an independent contractor. I work for myself. Well, that's really good, but it's also really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be accountable to somebody. Well, I think that the two things is you got to find a network of, of like-minded individuals. Yeah. You and I, me and Aaron, like I have a meeting Thursday with Aaron for a couple hours, cool. like once a month we, we do that. And it really kind of brings you back to center, allows you to kind of think deeper on some thoughts, execute some things. Um, but that's the stuff that allows you to grow, mm-hmm. you know, and I think um, you talked about, you know, the accountability of an independent contractor. Sure. I you know, if I wanted to, I could have canceled my appointments today, hung out, did whatever. But instead, I'm going to, you know, pretty much be in the office from 7 to at least 8 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, well, it's past 8 now. Um, 7 to, you know, and, and, but that's just something that I, I like doing. But it's like I'm putting in the work. I could have, I could have did anything today. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but you got to find a deeper purpose. Like my purpose every day is not just to come and make phone calls. Like, my purpose has gone like we've talked about. I mean, it's it's just growing and growing. And I mean, I'm 29. Like I got, I got. I'm. I don't know. I only go over retire. So I got a lot of time to just keep building and building and building. And like it to me, it's fun. Like it. And whatever I'm doing, in my 40s, 50s, and 60s and 70s, I probably don't even know what it is now. I mean, with the emergence of technology and everything else, who knows what we'll be doing? But it's like I'm still going to be better than I was today. And that's that's kind of the that's. It's like a thrill of the hunt kind of thing or the mm-hmm. chase. And it's mm-hmm. it's not being, um, I mean, man, I we talked about trying to grow 20% each year. Like that's my goal each year is like 20%. But I knew my 10-year goal wouldn't be a 10-year goal. It'd be incremental goals built up over time. And uh, since I've been trying to build 20%, I've outdone that every single year that I've ever set that out. And now I'm getting to the point where the number looks scary. I mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can pack that all in in a year and i just talked to you before i got in here i'm like i'm actually ahead of schedule right now which is crazy so tony robbins has a quote you know that we always overestimate what we can do in a year but we always way underestimate what we can do in a decade yeah that's 
Yeah. You know, because that's yeah. really what it that's is. True. It's, Very it's, true. it's, it's that compound effect, that snowball that you called it and, you know, really growing. I mean, if you start at 10 and you grow 20% a year, yeah, I don't have a calculator, I, you know, but yeah, like, you know, you're five, you're, even five years later. Yeah, it's a lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You've doubled your business in just a few years. You know, it's that, do you want a million dollars now or a penny that doubles every single day for a month? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, do the math on that, folks. It's, it's, you, like, you it's like three and a half million you'll take or something. The penny. Yeah, take the yeah. penny. Most people won't. Most people take the million bucks. Yeah, I know. And it's most people won't wait and and put in the time and effort to sow the seed. Yeah. Most people want the, the instant gratification. I, I think that's and I don't know what I was ever I don't know where that came from. I've always been that. I've always been a delayed gratification kind of person mm-hmm. where I just I always find that and I look back at it, you really you, the things that come easy, the things that come easy aren't aren't what you look back at and are proud of. You know, it's it's the grind, it's the mm. hard stuff, it's the stuff that you're like, man, I can remember some stuff, even like old school projects and sporting things and um, certain aspects of business or certain, even just like when you accomplish something that just yeah. seems hard. When you get done, you feel really good about it, and like if you get something that's just handed to you, like there's no satisfaction because the, the, the climb wasn't there. Like, mm-hmm. so that's the kind of thing. Like I, I get excited about certain aspects because it's like, man, like I, like, man, I was 21. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And like, now I'm like, yeah, like I, I like all this time that's been built up. <laughs> like you can look back at it. And there's days I look back at it and I'm like, dude, like you, you, you're kind of doing it. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. kind of getting there. And it's like, and then it gives you momentum going forward. Like, Okay, I can see what's happening. It's still gonna be a long climb, but like I can see by just taking one step, one step, one step, doing one little action is gonna it's gonna pay off in, in multitudes of ways. And mm-hmm. uh, but it just expands. I think your yeah. your business has to grow, adapt, and I think that's something that you've been able to do. From I mean, we joke the paint. Actually, we joke the the college uh, hippie hacky sack uh, slacklining Adam. I'm sure he did all of that stuff. I wasn't. I, I you know you weren't a slackliner. My hips have always been tight. I was no. I was a slackliner. I wasn't a hacky sack guy. Slackliner. Uh, okay. There you know. Go. Actually, um, speaking of speaking of my hippie days, I uh, I've been uh, it's getting to be springtime. I've been up in my cabin a lot more, and that's where my Birkenstocks live. I tripped the other night. The I gotta bring my I gotta bring my Burks to the uh, to the, the shoe hospital the guy list. because like half of my sole on my right foot fell off finally fell off after fifteen years of use you know like that's the thing like if Birkenstocks <laughs> I bought a pair of Birkenstocks <laughs> years ago and I ran those things to the ground yeah I got a brand new pair two years ago actually. Uh, Sixteenth, two days ago, was my second anniversary. So we ended up. Congratulations, brother! Yeah, thank you. We, we, I ended up getting a new pair. I've worn them once. I wore them at a wedding, and I was like, I'm gonna wear these. I'm gonna wear them out. At one, I just haven't put the time really to like break mm-hmm. them in, but like I still have the old pair, and like I still want to slip the old pair on. They're just broken in, like mm-hmm. you know, people don't wear Birkenstocks. It's like they're not much to them. They're cork yeah. and suede or leather yeah. or whatever no, you want, no. but God. When those things break, when those things are 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 broken in, comfortable there's style. nothing comfortable, more yeah. comfortable, and uh, so I can see the same thing. Like, the, the literally the only reason I don't wear them anymore. We went to the city beach a few years ago. We were playing beach volleyball, and somebody spilled a drink on them. I had taken them off to go play in the game. Somebody had spilled something on them. I came back and I could never get. It was a suede shoe, and, and there was a huge stain over it. Mm-hmm. 
and part of me is like, eh, I'll still wear them. But you know, like, but I didn't want to wear them for my, like my wedding and stuff because I just so I got a new pair. But um, the, the new pair is like you can still read Birkenstock on the on the cork, where the old ones like what, what those cork? things have been, yeah <laughs> exactly there's basically the the, the, the the print soles on the bottom yeah. and that's about it but cool no birkenstocks are good but uh you good there yeah yeah i think dude this I think has been I, 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 you pretty know, good I, I always work myself up and when i invite you invited me over to do this i was actually really nervous and uh dude this has been so much fun to really connect with you man i i really really appreciate it I apologize for you know the bloodshed of the wine everywhere, but uh, it, was, it was actually well, it was funny because I was I was reaching down to get another thing of uh, another uh, what did you use a screwdriver right I used a screwdriver, a screwdriver. I, was, I was trying to like pry it and I, I should have gave you a flathead yeah but, I ended up pushing it in and like it like caused this explosion and that it was actually well, I like. Just had, showered over me and i was like what what's going on and then i looked around i'm like oh there's some stuff just on the corner of the desk and then we're like like oh no there's stuff on the cabinet oh no there's stuff there. there's some on your whiteboard dude like i, I actually left a speck there just to, just because i wanted to be on your whiteboard for well, well i mean there's literally like i again i can't reach it i'm five six dude, five seven on a good there's day. some on your ceiling bro. yeah and like, there's what these are what 15 feet nah, it's they gotta be something like that they're tall 13 15 something like that but it's 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 all good. It gave us a good story. Yeah. So, um, no, but seriously, bro, this was so much fun. And like, I mean, I, I honestly, uh, I appreciate our relationship and our friendship so much. Like you, I mean, you said that you helped, I've helped you grow, dude, you've helped me grow. Like, like to see what you've done and to help me course correct and to keep me on track. You know, I, I have so many memories with you. Like, you're just one of the best people I've ever met, man. And I've got a lot. I of, appreciate that. I yeah. I, I still remember our, uh, the long, long conversations we used to have in the uh, the West Bay office. <laughs> yeah. Which I say the paint room, but it was just before you had the yeah. paint bucket. It was, I think, right before downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. When we used to go in and like, to be honest, that was many years ago. And we probably every two weeks I'd go in. We talk for like an hour. I'd sit in your office and. None of us, I think, really knew what we were doing, and no. I think we were just young guys that had grand visions and stupid visions. Didn't know where it would fan out, and it's kind of cool to look, you know, eight years, which is not a lot of time. No, and uh, you know, and you kind of look at it and like how far both of us, both of us, have been able to come and will continue to go. Um, you know, like I said, I think we're both in the early stages of our careers, but it, it's kind, it's cool. There's times you just sit back and I think, and like you're, you're one of them, and there's there's a few things I think about, but like from a business perspective, I mean, you've been you've been really there since I would I'd say well I'd say day one, but you were there since probably day three hundred. You know, you were you were pretty 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 uh, early on in my my uh, my career, and I think um, you know just I, I think from a business perspective, you've been probably one of my well, you've been my longest associate. You know, besides yeah. people that have have worked with me. I mean, and uh, you know, I think you had reached out back even back then when I was a uh, young 21 year old that had no clue what they were doing and you still reached out and said hey you want to you know meet up and kind of you know talk and and you know try to help each other out we're in kind of different industries but let's build each other up and um you know that's seven years ago and we haven't stopped so it's one of the things i do i i love coaching new people in the business and 
you know, you, you take gambles on people. Like there's certain people I don't, I don't think are going to pan out or I'll meet with them once a month. That dude's a douche. I'm never going to talk yeah. to him again. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. but like, you know, I think if you come at it with a right and you know, you just, you can connect with people and, yeah. um, dude, it's been awesome to see what you've done. And I appreciate that dude. You're freaking crushing it, bro. It's, it's and I'm, good. It's, I'm, it's a lot I'm just, of, yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely amazing. And uh, if you ever want to do it again, I would be, I'd be honored. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll have you back on. Cool. It's uh yeah, it's, it's always good. I like getting, I, it, the, the, the theme of the, the, everybody asks, what is it about? I said, it's about people I like to talk to. That's all it is. There's no theme. It's literally just people I want to have a conversation with. And uh, I've been meaning to get you on. I, I don't know how you actually weren't on prior to this, but you'll definitely be but on what again. What show is this? 26 oh oh okay. 26 damn wow. yeah which trust me there was there was no reason as i i just I, I think i had a long list and i just i think i take some people for granted just like yeah they'll definitely be on so i don't even put them on the list i'll just i'll talk to them and all of a sudden like it just kept getting full and then i'm like two weeks ahead and three weeks ahead and all of a sudden i was like i think i saw you the other day i'm like i don't think i've had you on yet like we gotta get you so um you guys will see more of adam um like i said one, one of my uh business mentors we've had a, a great relationship over the last few you know a few years probably well eight years now and uh you know just we'll continue to grow so it's fun we've, we've become good friends and uh you know even more beyond the uh, professional days that we've done um he, he's also my uh, my my manual my woodworking um construction i guess leader on that so that's my son benji yeah it is <laughs> Benji is in, in kindergarten right now. He's in kindergarten. And uh, actually, before we sign off, Adam came over to help in my old house. He came over to help on a shed. Very long story short. We'll go very quick on this. You asked for some tool. I don't know what it was. I went back to the truck. Benji was next to me. Benji follows me back to the truck. I'm in. I'm looking at the truck, and I go to Benji. I go, hey, you know what uh, so-and-so is? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, climbs up, grabs a thing, and he goes, do you want this or this? I'm like, he said this. He goes, okay, here it is. And he gave it to me. <laughs> and I walked back and I gave it to you. And he's like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, Look, thanks, Ben. Turn around, give him a little thumbs up. But uh, no, ben, um, ben and Levi are, are, are absolutely great, great boys. And I think uh, you've done a phenomenal job with them. I, I had a St. Patty's Day break or St. Patty's Day with them, and they're just yeah. They're well, just and, great and crew kids. is awesome too. And watching him grow, and I, I really, really excited for your new one. And when is Gina do? Five weeks. Five weeks. Wow. Yeah, it's coming quick. Dude, but your world's gonna change so much. It, like it's fun. Yeah, it's it, it, kids. Kids are a blast, and I. Uh, it's awesome to see you develop into a family man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, we knew each other before kids. Yeah. So this is this is cool. It's cool to see see it evolve. But cool. uh, we're gonna stop there again. Sweet. I want to thank um, Adam. Um, this is uh, episode twenty six of the Galen Trombley Show. We are out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.